Everybody, I got bad news. We've been canceled. Oh, no. Peter, how could they do that? Well, unfortunately, Lois, there's just no more room on the schedule. We've just got to accept the fact that Fox has to make room for terrific shows like Dark Angel, Titus, Undeclared, Action, That 80 Show, Wonder Falls, Fast Lane, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, Skin, Girls Club, Cracking Up, The Pits, Firefly, Get Real, Freaky Links, Wanda at Large, Costello, The Lone Gunman, A Minute with Stan Hooper, Normal Ohio, Pasadena, Harsh Realm, Keen Eddie, The Street, American Embassy, Cedric the Entertainer, The Tick, Louie, and Greg the Bunny. Is there no hope? Well, I suppose if all those shows go down the tubes, we might have a shot. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But where are those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely? And cry. Second guess, Sarah. <laughs> I, I apologize for doubting you. <laughs> Why, hello, it's seven minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of May, in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day, my friends, my compadres, my fellow travelers on the road to whimsicality. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Show, show, show. Uh, we are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join us today. 503-733-2970 with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, observations, ruminations on Richie Bristol's one-time mullet. It's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. All ye need do is pick up the phone and dial those ten numbers. 503-733-2970. I wonder who's at 971, whatever the rest of our number is. What is our number? Seven th- I, only, I can only do what, it as a whole. What? Our number is 503-733-2970. I just realized that if I drop the prefix, though, I can't remember the last, you know, the rest of our number because I say it all ten numbers at once. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. So my question is, I wonder who's at nine seven one seven three three two nine seventy? Because that's the other Portland prefix, is it not? I don't know. Hello. Is this is this even on? Am I even speaking? There are two phone prefixes, you know, area codes in Portland. There are five zero three. And the other area code in Portland is 971. Isn't that true? Yes, yes. All right. So my question is, sometimes I will drop the 503 and I'll just say 733-2970. And so I wonder if there's some poor sap that has 971-733-2970 who Why occasionally has to field calls about penises or vomit you or some it. such. You'll get their call screener if you call them. We should. Um, all right. Well, we'll call it later on today see who answers. 
In any event, it's 503-733-2970. That is our telephone number, 503-733-2970. And as I say this, I now have a kind of a sinking fear that we've suddenly caused a flood of calls to whatever that number is. Sorry. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the absurd, the mundane, the plain, the interesting, uh, the not-so-interesting, the somewhere in between, the unclassifiable. Uh, we'll be talking to CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins here in just a few as she sits at Portland International Airport preparing for her excursion uh, back whence she came. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from Boston, Massachusetts today. Uh, we will talk to CNN radio correspondent Amanda Moyer, who I do believe, I think she's just at the CNN Center. I'm unclear about where that R. Kelly trial is even happening. I want to say it's in Baltimore because I just assume everything bad happens in Baltimore. I assume that Baltimore is somehow now the concentric circle of all evil that happens in the universe, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, so we'll talk to Amanda Moyer about that because I guess, I mean, I don't really know because I, I, haven't, I haven't read the news about it this morning, but I think they kicked off that whole trial literally by, by like blocking the windows and lowering the curtains and putting up drapes and then just playing uh, that R. Kelly sex tape for everybody. So that may or may not be the way that it actually happened. What else is coming up today? We'll uh, have today's uh, top five. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will be joining us uh, today. Uh, and we will talk about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, we are presenting the midnight showing of that tonight. That is happening tonight at the Regal Evergreen, uh, Evergreen Parkway, 2625 Northwest 188th. Uh, in Hillsborough, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, we will be there along with Court and Fatboy. Uh, that'll be happening tonight at midnight, the Regal Evergreen Parkway, 2625 Northwest 188th in Hillsborough. You can go to Rick or 970.am uh, and find out more. Your phone calls here in just a moment. We'll find out what Tim is working on. We'll introduce uh, everybody all the way around. Let us go now to PDX International Airport and speak to the lovely Lisa Desjardins, who waits for her jet plane. Don't know when she'll be back again. Oh, babe, it hurts to go. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi. Hello. All right. So are you finding our airport to be satisfying in every conceivable way? It, it is incredibly satisfying. Maybe it could, could be some more gas stations around to fill up the rental car, but other than that, it, it's delightful. Did you get jacked into paying, uh, like, did you have to return the rental car with only a quarter tank of gas, which means they're going to charge you, like, the $9 or whatever to fill it? No, I did. I went and I, I found the, the Shell gas station. It took me a while, so I was... uh. I got it, it, I got here just I kind of did the broadcast news sliding under the file drawer just making it uh, to the airport so it's all good. Excellent. Um, so I know you're you're kind of getting ready to get on a plane and, and to head back home. Um, when you yeah. go back home to the East Coast, what is the story that you will take with you uh, about last night, Lisa? Oh, about last night. Oh. How will how will you conjure up uh, last night in just a few key sentences for the CNN folks? Well, let's see. What have I been saying this morning? It's all a big blur. I I think. I think this is the turning point here. I think I think this is uh, Barack Obama is, has turned the corner. I'm trying to think of more cliches. He can see the finish line. He's gone reach. from the deepest valley to the highest mountain. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Maybe, possibly. He still but does poorly in the bigot belt. <laughs> That's true. He, he does. Yeah, he does poorly in uh, in in rube centric states. He, you know what? I have to. It's, it's, it is. I really did like the white vote versus white vote thing that was going on last night, and that the West Coast white people uh, apparently uh, have a have a big axe to grind with the East Coast white people. 
of Kentucky, and 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 likewise, I'm sure. I do have to say, actually, and this, uh, I suppose, this is a compliment. I got several emails about this. I do have to commend uh, your television colleagues at CNN for bending themselves into linguistic knots to not just refer to the people of Kentucky as being uneducated hicks. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I noticed that too. I know. I mean, they they were trying to find every way they could. Well, they typically have a lower education level, and their <laughs> jobs tend to be more of an entry level uh, type. Uh, wolf, I wolf. They have no teeth at all, and they stink of fermented cheese. I mean, they were trying to every single thing they could say on CNN without just coming out and say uh, that it was basically uh, sweat hogs. You know, and they paint all their grass blue too. <laughs> That's completely true. You know, and I think the the interesting thing to me is that, they, that a lot of times people would say blue-collar workers. Kentucky has a lot of blue-collar workers. Well, there's plenty of blue-collar workers in Oregon, too, but it was sort of like that was such a safe phrase to use for Kentucky. Uh, I myself probably put it out there a couple times, but I did. I was on a, a radio show this morning, and I, I was saying that. I said, well, you know, Kentucky voters there are a lot less educated. Not that I'm trying to insult anyone. Uh -huh. And then it just got, it got awkward. <laughs> All right, so I would say that now the job for everybody between now and the general election is to try to, uh, try to come up with some new uh, sort of safe, toothless colloquialism for <laughs> poor, uneducated white people in Kentucky. Because clearly you can't just be on television saying that. But I mean, there's got to be some sort of, you know, how how every right. how it went from being uh, shell shock to battle fatigue to post traumatic stress disorder. We've got to find some different way to uh, address, you know, uh, like fifth grade education coal miners uh, on right. the East Coast. There has to be some way. You know, I think part of the problem is that there's no real um, expressive music that talks enough about that without using the phrase redneck. All they've got is country music, and they only say redneck, and if reporters say redneck, then it's a problem. But, you know, there's no no, no hip-hop equivalent for the uh, poor white people. <laughs> um, so, Hillary, just a, a couple brief things here before you, uh, before you get on and start loading up on many bottles. So Hillary is still <laughs> claiming that she's ahead in the popular voters. She was as of last oh, night. Yeah. By yeah. what conceivable math is that possible? <laughs> She's counting Michigan and Florida, which don't count right now. And, of course, Michigan, uh, Barack Obama was not on the ballot. But, you know, if you do count Michigan and Florida, she's got this argument. Uh, then she does have the majority in the popular vote. Before yesterday, it was even a little bit more complicated. She was counting Michigan and Florida, but not counting several caucus states because it's, it's not clear exactly what the individual vote was there. Uh, so now, however, she's counting Michigan and Florida and also counting caucus states that Barack Obama won. So it is a, it is a changing indicator for her. It is interesting to note that Barack Obama is apparently that place, where, you know, sort of with, with the vote and with the delegates where he can just afford to be magnanimous because he sounded like he had real legitimate praise uh, for Hillary Clinton last night. And there's kind of this thing that happens in politics all the time where somebody says, I'd like to congratulate my opponent on right. running a very fierce and hard-fought, <laughs> but then the crowd typically boos, and they weren't. They Everybody kind of gave right. a, a, a real full-throated cheer for Hillary last night. And right. I think it's because they know it's just so in the bag. Uh, that they can afford to be nice, right? It seemed to me in both speeches, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were essentially passing notes to each other in class. You know, and they, they really were being, uh, they were trying their hardest to seem genuinely uh, warm toward each other. And Hillary Clinton didn't say anything nice about Barack Obama, but she talked a lot about unity, which from her position was sort of that same kind of gesture. And, and she's talking a lot less about, uh, I'm going to win, we're going to win, this kind of thing. Instead, she's saying... I will stay in this until we have a nominee. So 
almost now she's more like Mike Huckabee because those are the kinds of things he was saying when he stayed in the race until John McCain went over the top. Awesome. Of course, she's a lot closer. Uh, so to the best of your knowledge, uh, and this may be a thing you don't even know, but to the best of your knowledge, how much of his own speeches does does Obama write? You know, I, I know that uh, certainly going into January, he had a very heavy hand. In fact, he he staffers that I knew on that campaign said he wrote the majority of his speeches, but I don't know recently what the case may be as the campaign's geared up, but I know he, he was the primary author uh, of those initial speeches. And, and he's, it's said that he was the main author of that Jeremiah Wright speech as well. But, but you know, you just don't know for sure, but that's, that's what the staffers say behind the scenes. Because he had a fantastic line last night, which is when he was talking about he does the... You know what Barack Obama does really well is to, is to sort of pat you with one hand and then punch you with the other. And <laughs> he was doing that about John McCain. When he said, John McCain came to Washington as a true American hero and as an occasional independent and maverick from his party. <laughs> But lately, the candidates have just been trying to outbush each other, and he is the winner of that contest. And the phrase that he had that he had won the nomination by outbushing everybody else is just great on like a thousand different levels. So, right. and the occasional maverick was also nice. Yeah. And your Barack Obama impression is coming along nicely as well. Well, you know, I, clearly, I'm, I'm interested to see. Well, clearly. Uh, Clearly, like my my Steve Forbes impression is going to do me no good. So I uh, I got to work on something else. It can't just exactly. be it can't just be me and Hank Hill. So um all right, I know you are getting on a plane. Uh, yeah, I am actually there. There thankfully is one other man who is waiting to get everyone else except for me. And this man I'm looking at uh, has now boarded the plane. So it, it's like he and I and sort of it's like we're kind of keeping each other feeling good about not getting on the plane yet. Well, from all of us so. here at at, uh, at the show and everybody here uh, in Portland, ever all the listeners, everybody, thank you again for coming oh, out, man. being part of last Thursday's uh, party. It was it was really quite fantastic, and uh, I can say everybody really really loved having you out here. So I, I got I've got I've got a sinking feeling in my stomach leaving Portland. I really truly do not want to go. You know, even uh, you know, one of your listeners dropped by a Wolf Mother CD for me. Uh, I'm glad I was able to swim by and get that. I think Mike, I, I, can't, I just can't believe the love. And you guys do have a fantastic city, and I, I am sad that our nation's leaders don't live here. Well, um, but, you know, but happy for you. <laughs> well, we're glad that uh, we're glad you made it out. Travel safe, and uh, oh, hopefully now, we now will. Now I am the last person. We will. Oh, there we go. Final boarding, Carl. We will see you again at some <laughs> point in the future, Lisa. So have a oh, good God. flight, and we'll talk to you soon. I'll miss you. Uh, oh, goodbye. we miss you goodbye, Andrew. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lisa. All right. There you go. Lisa Dejardin. She's a Portlander at heart. She needs to live here. She is. All right. It's 503-733-2970. It's sad, too. I'm sad right now. I, uh, let's all hug and then walk over in a mask to get tissue in the corner of the room. <laughs> no, thanks. Uh, well, there's a call. I see, and I've had now, this is now my third goodbye uh, with Lisa, because when we went out to dinner the other night, we went to dinner, and then we walked down the street to Powell's. And by the way, I know that i got to turn off the critical error noise on my machine. I'm going to try to do that today. I'm going to try to get my windows. Well, because it keeps making the... Do or do not, Rick Emerson. There is no try. Thank you. Hey, good reference. I uh, yeah, that. I got to get that turned off. Uh, but we went out to dinner with Lisa the other night, and then she'd never been to Powell's, and so we walked down the street to Powell's, we walked around, and we were big nerds, and the guy came up and said, why, it's hello, it's Miss Lisa Desjardins. And we had this whole thing. And then after we were done with Powell's, she actually went off with Joni and Chris because they were all kind of parked in the same direction, and I was parked in some other direction. And I didn't know if I was going to talk to her again. Were you parked in a new direction? I was parked in a new direction. By the way, a phrase they use twice in Iron Man. If you watch Iron Man, which is a great movie, but they say new direction twice. Uh, Jeff Bridges, the company doesn't embrace your new direction. And, you know, and it's just me laughing. Um, 
but so the other night when we got into Powell's, Lisa was sort of walking off in one direction, and I was headed the other way. So we sort of did the, you know, she's like, I feel like I'm going off to college. And so we, you know, the big hug, and then we walked. And then she came by the office today, actually, before you guys were here, um, just because she was sort of headed to the airport, and she was staying downtown. So she stops by the office today, and... I'm glad she did because there was a listener who had dropped off. She'd mentioned, this is how great the audience is, she had mentioned that she was a fan of the band Wolf Mother. Yeah, that's what Noodles calls her, right? I think, yeah, that's right. And so um, and so our uh, listener, Michael in Seaside, had immediately, like, like that day, he had put together and FedEx some Wolf Mother bootleg DVD for her. Uh, and so I was able to give that to her, and then we did a big hug, and then Dave Zinn said goodbye to her, and then it was all very tearful. And then so now, again, and so as the music's playing, all I can see is, you know, all I can see is the shot from the airplane window as Patrick Fugit is running through her fingertips. It's all very sad. Well, what can you do? It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You can also email today if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Um, I know that we're like 23 minutes behind, and now we're just doing the beginning of the show, but that's because Lisa called, so everybody's just going to have to be okay with the non-traditional way we're starting the program. Uh, if you go to the Rick Emerson Show MySpace page, apparently there's already now up as our profile picture uh, a great shot of Richie at about age 17 with what I do believe is a blindingly long mullet. It very much so is. So you can go see that. Uh, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. So no surprises in the Oregon primary as Obama surges ahead of Hillary. Obama does poorly in the bigot belt, as we told you, as Kentucky's white population flocked to Hillary to save them. Uh, Hillary is $21 million in debt. Portland becomes the biggest American city ever to elect an openly gay mayor as Sam Adams wins that job. Kevin Mannix's dirty tricks backfire Mannix. as he's beaten by Mike Erickson for the open congressional seat. And Steve the Hook Novak isn't elected. It was close. Oh. I'm wearing my Steve the Hook Novak shirt today, though. One day. Wow, what's pride? One day you too late. You gotta rock There'll be other elections. Yeah, I'm he'll so come back. so bummed. There'll yeah. be other elections. It was close. So who beat him? So Jeff Merkley will face Gordon Smith in November. All right, Jeff Merkley. I bet you feel like a big man today, huh? Beating a hooked midget. Yeah. I didn't like Jeff You're going to brag to your mom about that? Hey, Mom, I beat a midget with one hand. Seriously, like, you know, because Steve Novick was all about, like, the happy, like, happy funny ads, and Merkley was like, oh, do you see that Steve Novick is the devil? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really? You're, you You're know, picking on a midget? He really? sucks out the brains of babies with oh, a straw. But, well, now can we have Steve Novick on the show? Probably. Well, well yeah, we don't have to give him equal time now, do I we? I want to shake that man's hook. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay. Um, no, I'm wearing my Steve Novick shirt that I didn't feel it was appropriate to wear it yesterday as a journalist. I didn't feel, uh, I didn't want to be biased, Sarah. So we were very journalistic last night. We were. Night. Did you hear yes. us last night? We of course you did. No, no, I did not. Uh, so Tim and I were here last night, actually, uh, during the Michael Mara show, sort of coming in uh, and doing uh, the, the updates as they happened. We sounded very professional. And we even waited to, till the uh, the bear story finished about the bear eating the guy's brain. Oh, they had the guy on Michael Mara uh, yesterday who was like, I could feel Ew. the bear eating ah. my brain. They so, had that guy. They talked so to him we, for like 35 we minutes. We didn't want to interrupt him, and all this news is coming in, but we didn't want to interrupt the bear story, so we're sitting there until he finished talking about the brain-munching story. Yeah. The brain-munching. Anywho. Can we talk about how much we love Steve Novick now that we can't vote anymore? Absolutely. Well, and I think if I have Steve Novick on now, I don't think I have to give no, equal time to anybody. running for anything. Because he's, he's no longer running for anything except number one in our hearts. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to do that now. Oh, all so right. uh, Lou Perman's getting uh, 25 years. He's the man who created the Backstreet Boys. Good for him. He engineered a decade-long scam that built thousands of investors out of their life savings. A lost parrot tells a veterinarian his address. A Wisconsin teen facing charges of posting 
naked pictures of his underage ex-girlfriend on the MySpace. And Fox renews The Simpsons for the 20th season. Are you kidding me? I am so jealous of the voice people on that show. I, well, no, They're that's the, rolling it. That is the easiest money you will that's ever the, make. 20th season. It seems like just the other day it was the 13th season. No. Is 20 going. seasons 20 years? Well, yeah. Tw- the season starts in September. Because I, because I can never, but I can never tell when a season is now. Because I started watching, I remember when I was like uh, eleven. And isn't Survivor in like the fourteenth season or something? And that hasn't been on for fourteen years, so I can never tell when a season. Although The Simpsons is a more traditional show, twenty-two episodes to a season. I would imagine. I, I would say yeah, it was the first Fox show it was twenty years ago. Yeah, and so. Kevin and Joan Rivers, remember? It was. Uh, it, it was called FBC back then, the Fox Broadcasting Company. Uh, it's called Fox. The Joan Rivers Show, Fox. Married with Children, mm-hmm. which is one of the other big... Fl- you know, The Simpsons probably... Is, is The Simpsons now the longest-running non-news show on television? I would say it's either that or ER. And I think The Simpsons predates ER. Yeah, Simpsons... Jesus. No, you're right, though. You get... I mean, you, that's why I never begrudge anybody for doing voice work. I mean, voice work, that's the easiest dollar you'll ever make. I mean, I don't care how, how talented you are, how much you really have to work on creating different voices or characterizations, like Billy West, who does, like, seven of the voices on Futurama... You're still basically sitting there in your underwear in an air-conditioned room in front of a microphone uh, for like three hours a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. I mean, you think we you have easy to. jobs? Uh, I mean, we, we are laying hot tar on a pockmarked road compared to the people who do voice work for cartoons. I know. All right. Well, in any event, that's all trying Who's to be somebody at 30? consumed with envy. Exactly. We have Steve at 11.35, so okay, we'll break we, here in a few. How are you, Sarah Dillon? Why, Rick Emerson, I'm just doing fabulously. Fantastic. Thank you. Those pictures online are cool. I don't know what we're talking about. The uh, the party pictures are online. If you that's, go to, what I'm, that's what I'm looking at right now. If you go to 970.am, you will see a gallery of photographs from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, which happened last Thursday. Uh, so we went through and picked out other photographs in which we looked drunk or retarded or both. Uh, so the studio uh, pictures aren't up yet, though, when Lisa was in here. Uh, the I studio pictures are not up, and the photos that Jason took uh, upstairs a couple Fridays ago were not. They're uh, enough to keep right. everybody occupied, though. Oh, yeah. our headshots? Yeah, there's, there's actually, I think there's two whole galleries of photos from the Listener Party. Uh, you can see those now at 970.am. While you're at 970.am, you can also see details about tonight's screening of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I, which came together really quickly. I, we, we Okay, uh, I'm sorry, Steve just got on a plane, so he's not going to be available. So we will not have Steve. Okay. Uh, so take your time. So we it all kind of came together really quickly. We didn't know if we were going to be doing a screening for Indiana Jones. And then we were, and then we thought it was Thursday night because we thought the movie opened Friday, but really the movie opens tomorrow, which means <clears throat> the first screening is tonight at midnight, so it's all kind of a big, you know, it's sort of, everything sort of rushed together at the final moment. So tonight we will be at the Regal Evergreen Parkway, 2625 Northwest 188 uh, in Hillsboro. Uh, the movie's at midnight, so I would suggest, I mean, I think the line's going to be there a couple hours early, so I would suggest probably 10 o'clock or so. Well, you take the 26th, get off on 185th. And uh, get on Evergreen, and, and you'll see it on Evergreen. It's right across from the Spaghetti Factory. It is. Um, it's it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool. I don't know anything about the movie. I've remained very. I've remained spoiler free. I haven't even read the sort of vague reviews that have been up. I know that Aaron Geek in the City Duran saw it last weekend, and he posted. A pretty spoiler-free review. I mean, it says that in big letters, like, there are no spoilers in this summation. And didn't Bat Boy write, like, a spoilerific one? But uh, you know what? I didn't read any of them. Uh, really, I will tell you this. All that I know about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is what I have seen in the TV commercials. Uh, and a couple stray things that I sort of saw on the Internet over the past couple of years. So, I mean, I know almost nothing about the movie, uh, which is sort of how I want it to be. So, going into it tonight, uh, I don't know anything more than uh, than anybody else. 
so we will talk uh, more about that, but be there tonight. Uh, you are buying your own ticket, by the way. Let's, let's be absolutely crystal clear on this point. Let's have no illusions about this fact. You are paying for yourself, uh, but you will be rewarded with the pleasure of our company and, of course, being some of the first people in the entire world to see Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That is tonight uh, at midnight, so be there early. Regal Evergreen Parkway, 2625 Northwest, 188th uh, in Hillsboro. All right. Um, plus, you get to go to the spotless suburbs. Is that well? That's right. Where it's kind of where near you, where you live, right? Because Hillsboro yes. and Tannisborn are sort of. But Tannisborn is part of Hillsboro, as is Arinko Station. Okay. There, there's good Hillsboro and bad Hillsboro. <laughs> In which part do you live, Tim Riley? I think you know. All right. Uh, so uh, that is coming up tonight. We'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, we'll do a couple phone calls here. I should say, by the way, that I saw the worst bumper sticker. I would say of the last. Three months this morning, and is the I was, coexist one. No, the coexist one is we could do like a short list, like maybe on a high concept Thursday oh, or even I thought, today. I thought we have to do that. We have to do that. We could do it today. Ridiculous bumper. No, we'll do it today. You know what? Can why I do my my other one? Why wait for? Don't call about this now. We're not doing it yet. Why wait for Thursday to have high concept? What is your most hated bumper sticker, Sarah Dillon? Keep Portland weird. Most. Now, why do you hate it? I because I see it everywhere, and I see it on people who uh, people's cars who, who aren't, aren't weird. weird. <laughs> they're on like their Mercedes as they're driving through my neighborhood checking to see if they want to buy my property and then up my rent 200%. <laughs> Bastards. That's why I love Stuck you. On it. <laughs> let's, let's all not hug right now. If I hugged, Sarah, if I had a heart, I would hug you right now. That's beautiful what you just said. Good for you. Uh, well, I'll tell you the one I saw here in a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello, Sarah Madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick, it's Russ. I'm still recovering from the listener party last week. Good but, for you. Uh, greatest party ever. Thank hey, you. Hey, uh, you were talking about the longest-running non-news program. Uh, Law & Order, the original one, might be it. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it went on uh, back then sometime, too. You might want to research that, but I, it's been on about 20 years also. Mm, I do believe... Well, I can't, I can't speak to this definitively because I would just be making stuff up. It seems like The Simpsons... Has got to be in the top five, though. I mean, of, of the sh if you were to take all the programs, non-news programs, because I know Meet the Press has been on for like 70 years, yeah. but if you were to take all of the non-news programs currently airing on television and rank them in terms of longevity, I mean, i got to believe The Simpsons, uh, Law & Order, ER is probably up there somewhere, and that's that's probably, I, I think that's it. I can't think of anything else that's been on for more than... You know, that's been on for more than 15 years at this point. Yeah, definitely those three. Hey, have you got time for a lame joke? <laughs> yes. What do we get to do to you if it's bad? <laughs> I actually laugh. This is pretty good. What do you call a dog with no legs? I don't know, sir. What do you call a dog with no legs? doesn't matter. He won't come anyway. Tim's <laughs> not laughing, but I am. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Mike. Bye now. All right. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. I haven't even talked about the bumper sticker. How can I help you today? Oh, I wanted to know about uh, AM radio you could recommend, because there's a lot of spots where... I would recommend this radio station and this show. I meant, like, the actual radio. Oh, you mean the actual radio. Uh, yeah. in, ter in terms of, were you talking for home or for Hardware. your vehicle? Um... No, I have to port uh, handheld, you know, or whatever. Are you talking about, like, a small radio to take with you? Yes, exactly. That's actually an interesting question, Tim. Maybe you might be more equipped. We might have to get an engineer in to sort of talk about this because the, the thing is, I you know, I listen in my car and then, uh, you know, or I listen at home where I've got like the big ass yeah. radio in my, my living room. But it's term, in terms of like a radio, I'd actually take around with you. I don't even really know that I can answer that because it's not a thing I have to do because, you know, I yeah. could just open my mouth and talk. 
So, <laughs> well, they haven't been. And there I am. Nobody's exactly. really improved on AM radios in many, many years. Sea Crane probably has. Some. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like maybe there's a sponsor, somebody we should be mentioning, and I would hate to be overlooking maybe some electronics store that that supports our fine broadcast. But offhand, nothing really comes to mind. I will get an engineer in here to answer that question for you, sir. Awesome. And then I have a second idea. Yes, sir. What do you have? You ever considered having a Rick Emerson show? I am play so that they. Because there's, a, I'm sure there's a lot of people besides me who come up with like one phrases that they'd run the, like to run past you that don't necessarily need um, uh, to be contacted to uh, reply, but they just wanted to say that, and it's not also not worth a call. You know, you can someone just, like, help me. I am something. Oh, I see. So like an instant messenger kind of thing. Oh, like to Richie. Maybe Richie would want to do that. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe, uh, maybe to Richie has immediately put up uh, his email address. Uh, so if you would like to instant message Richie during the program, apparently his instant message address is Richie with a T, Richie Radio. That is uh, no spaces. Richie with a T. Richie Radio at hotmail dot com. Okay. All right. There you go. I know that's a consolation prize, sir, but you're just gonna have to live with it. All right, there you go. There's that guy. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. How can I help you today? How you doing? What's up? Hey, yeah, I know the answer to your question. The longest-running non-news show on television. Go. The Wonderful World of Disney. That's been a, on for over 40 years. That's not true. The Wonderful World of Disney is not still on the air, is it? Yeah, it is. On Sunday nights? I think so. Who is I, the host of that program now? I, I don't know if it has a host. I think it's just a block where they play Disney stuff. Because wasn't there always... Well, A, I mean, I'm not... There was nobody after Walt Disney died. No, that's not true. Michael Eisner hosted it. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that you're lying, sir. I'm just saying that's it's one of those things that I think because I am over the age of whatever, 15, and I don't have kids, there's stuff I don't really know about. So, be, Well, yeah, that's kind of beside the point. Even if it is off the air, it was on for over 40 years. Okay, well, that's true. It did run for a long time. I would think with the emergence of the Disney Channel... There would be no need for the wonderful world of Disney to air. And Tim, I'm unsure about this. What is the relationship now between Disney and ABC? Who owns who there? Disney owns ABC. Okay, so they might still Except have for it. ABC Radio, which that which is that Citadel. Citadel. Citadel owns that. Okay, so the wonderful world of Disney might still be on ABC as a way for Disney to capture the few remaining eyeballs that aren't privy to their product at this point. The, the title, the wonderful world of Disney, was only on from 1997 to 2005. Okay, so that technically that is not on our list then because it's been off the air for a couple of years, but it did run for a long time. So you are partially correct, sir. Uh, well, I try. Uh, well, sir, that's all you can do is try. And then Thank fail you. miserably. Thank you. All right, here you go. That's that guy. Well, the TV version had uh, <clears throat> other titles. It began as Disneyland. Then it was uh, Disney's Wonderful World of Color on NBC. <laughs> and then it became The Wonderful World of Disney. The Wonderful World of Color sounds so inappropriate. It sounds inappropriate. Huh? Welcome to our Wonderful <laughs> World of Color. All right. It was to get you to buy television. Mm-hmm. Color television. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. 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 Let's uh, move on with the content now. I want to. I want to know why the the news hour with Tim takes an hour and a half because you keep interrupting him. It's the same reason why the MTV half hour comedy hour was only thirty minutes long. Oh sweet, I'll buy that. There was no actual answer that I gave you just there, but see how it sounded correct for just a moment if you didn't really listen. Well, this yes. isn't the news hour, really. This isn't the news hour. So sir. if we took out all your parts and added them all together with just me talking, it would equal an hour. <laughs> see, doesn't that explain it all? Yes. No idea. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye now. 
That's what we mean by it. You know what? Your explanation made no more sense than mine did, but you said it with such authority that I was completely sold on it. Mm -hmm. Well done, Tim Riley. Oh, you're welcome. I haven't even talked about the bumper sticker I saw. We haven't even taken a break yet. God damn it! Okay, what's the bumper sticker? (laughs) Okay, then later on we're going to do high concept. Don't call yet. Uh, We're going to do your most hated Portland bumper sticker. Uh, We could we could branch it out the most hated bumper sticker. Period. I saw one this morning. It's the first time I've seen it. Uh, We should say uh, that we have um, in the past, and I do believe maybe even now, uh, one of our many fine sponsors has been the Rock and Roll Camp for Girls. And, of course, we value their patronage and their advertising. That said, I don't know if they were behind this bumper sticker or not. I suspect it may have actually been homemade. Yes, but it was yes. it was soccer mom. But then some of the letters had been crossed out, and it said rocker mom. Oh, and I boy. Thought, I thought it's just the bumper sticker itself. Does Joni DeRoshi have that on her car? Oh, my God. Is it Joni's car? I didn't say that. No, oh, it's not. It's okay. not. No, it's here's the thing I about know that. that her is, daughter goes to that. Yeah, here's the but here's the thing is it, it, you know whatever one thinks about you know and I have no problem with girls rocking out. I'm just saying, the part underneath and I think it may I don't know if it was actually from the Rock and Roll Camp for Girls or not if it was some some sort of like spinoff some offshoot of that you know one of those the, the, the sort of uh, the, the sort of imitators because I couldn't because that part was real small. The problem with the bumper sticker though is. Unless you look really carefully, you couldn't see that it was because of, like, a school where your kid went to learn how to rock. It did, in fact, just look like the mom who was driving the SUV was, like, reclaiming the name Rock for herself and identifying herself as a rocker mom. So it was, like, awkward in every way. Do one more call, then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Final call before the break. Don't suck or you'll ruin the entire program. I believe you're missing a whole genre of TV shows that have been running for a long time. Such as? Uh, soap operas, Guiding Light, uh, General Hospital, I think they've been on for well over 30 years, and game shows. Price is Right's been on for 30 years, and Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, each probably 20, 25 years themselves. Now, that's true. I suppose if we were really going to be fair about it, you would almost have to remove not only news shows, but game shows and soap operas from the equation. Otherwise, it just, uh, yeah, because those, those have been going forever and ever and ever. So we would have to make it, I guess, primetime, non-news network programs. At which point the whole list becomes a lot less fun because we're having to put all these asterisks next to it. It's a very fine example. Perhaps ones that only have vowels. <laughs> all right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Then it just becomes like that 1961, the, uh, you know, Maris Mantle thing. It's just a whole bunch of little footnotes to it. All right. Should we take a break, Sarah? Yeah, let's do that. We'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, speak with whom? I don't know. Amanda Moyer. Schedule. Okay. Talk to Amanda Moyer. We get back. Uh, if you're on hold, stay there. More of your phone calls around the corner. Uh, Tim Riley's new news hour, which is 90 minutes long, coming up later on. Also, the top five. Also, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Don't forget, tonight, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Meet us at the Regal Evergreen Parkway tonight. We'll be back after this. It is a mixture of, like, uh, pity and relief. 
Does that make yeah. sense? No, that totally makes sense. You know what I'm talking about. It's just like a... <laughs> All right. Why, hello, it's... Uh, You're a bastard. Don't concern yourself with uh, what we were just talking about there. Pay no attention to the people behind the microphone. Hi, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. God damn, we have great bumper music. Play, play just like whatever the next bed was going to be. Like, can we do uh, another one of those return bumpers? Sound like Dennis Miller. Hey. Yeah, hang on. All right. Hey, Sal. Hey, Sal. Can I yell at you? Can I, uh, can I yell at you in my bathrobe? Listen to how great that is. Hey, everybody. Come see how great this is. Oh, this is a bump. Yeah, but listen to how great this is. Listen to how great this is. This whole album is great, actually. Wow, you're doing like a weird DJ club mashup mix thing over there. Do it one more time. We should spend... Never mind, this is the worst idea ever. I was going to say, we should spend a whole segment doing nothing but going from one bump to the other and talking about how great they are. i got to be careful. This is the kind of day when that sounds like a really good idea. little NWA right there. I think this must be a new one. I like it. Oh, yeah, I just loaded this one a few weeks ago. All right, okay, we'll use this one. More. We'll use this one right here. A little DMX. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Um, I was trying to reach. I was trying to reach for the uh, reach for Amanda there, and it didn't come together. Well, let's just wait. We'll let this play. This is a great song. Uh, this is a song called "One More Road to Cross," which is fantastic. It's five zero three seven three three two. 970-503-733-2970. More of your phone calls coming up. Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Top five later on today. Uh, and don't forget, we're going to be at the Regal Evergreen Parkway, 2625 Northwest 188th in Hillsboro, uh, the nice part, apparently, uh, for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Skull. Uh, that is tonight at midnight, so be there early. Uh, we'll be there along with uh, uh, Court and Fatboy. I know Tim's going to be there. Richie's going to be there. So uh, come on out and see us tonight, won't you, please? Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, which used to be the Sid and Marty Croft Amusement Park, Amanda Moyer. Hi. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm well today. Did you know that the CNNs, of course you did, it used to be the Sid and Marty Croft Amusement Park? I did know that, and it made me laugh when you said that. It is righteous. Um, I, am, uh, I am so in love with all things uh, Croft Brothers. Uh, and you guys got like the world's biggest escalator or something. I was there, just, too. yes, absolutely. I was just going to say that. That's the big attraction now inside the CNN Center. I'm in your head, Amanda, thinking all your <laughs> private thoughts before you say them. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I was just talking to a program director down the hall, actually, about Sid and Marty Croft, because we're like, we bonded over Land of the Lost. Uh, and he had just ordered the Land of the Lost season three DVD set or something, and we were talking about, he's like, did you know that Sid and Marty Croft built an amusement park at one point? And I said, I was able to sort of one-up him by saying, yes, did you know that that is now the CNN radio center in Atlanta? So at some point, I have to make like a pilgrimage there. Just to kind of see both things at once. So. Good for you. You should do that. And you could also get the CNN tour, too. Is there a CNN tour? Is there, do they, at some point, is there a woman who does this? And here is the CNN commissary where some of our correspondents come to eat. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so it's like Universal Studios, but instead of a shark, there's Wolf Blitzer leaping out of a tank. <laughs> exactly. And you get to watch this little movie with Wolf Blitzer and Anderson Cooper, and they talk about news and journalism. At any point, does Anderson Cooper uh, reveal what it is that gives him such fantastic hair? No, he does not. All right. Well, then it's going to be a mystery to all of us, Amanda. Yes, it will be. <laughs> Moving forward, as they say, so I, I, 
Here's I have several dumb questions. First of all, this R. Kelly trial. I thought this trial was supposed to start like 40 years ago. Well, it was supposed to start quite a while ago, I believe 2002, and it's just been delayed over the last six years for a number of reasons, and it's finally getting underway, and it's um, quite interesting. It's creepy. Let's just say it's creepy, Amanda. <laughs> it's creepy it is, and uh, according to the uh, prosecutor, she described the tape as vile and disgusting, and it shows about a 27-minute tape, and uh, the jurors... Got an open court got to see uh, these diff various sex acts, and um, and R. Kelly was in the courtroom and uh, kind of looking bleak and stark while he watched the videotape as well. Well, he must have thought on some level, I say, making up thoughts inside of his head that I couldn't possibly know. He must have thought that this day might never really come because he's just been able to, for to, to postpone this over and over and over and over again. And... There does, uh, and of course, obviously, no one, no one knows the outcome of the trial, and his guilt or innocence will be determined by the courts. But the, there have been lots and lots of allegations of this type against him over the years, have there not? There have been, and um, and like you said, we still don't know, you know, if he's guilty or innocent here. But what is interesting is this tape. Prosecutors say the video was made in either 1998, between 1998 and 2000. So this happened quite a while ago, and they say the girl depicted was as young as 13. And so if, and he is charged with making child porn or distributing child porn, or so, what is he actually charged with? Well, it's a pornography trial, and he's charged with choreographing and starring in this video. And there's actually, there's 14 counts, and he's facing up to 15 years in prison if he is found guilty. Oh, Jesus. So, all right. And this is, I mean, there's, there's, they've delayed it so long, and it's finally sort of kicked into gear. And uh, is this the sort of thing where he's, I mean, is he kind of free on his own recognizance or, or, or whatever while this is sort of unfolding? Because this is going to take a long time, I would imagine. It likely will, especially considering there's already been a lot of uh, back and forth at discrepancies because... Not only are, is there a question about where the tape came before the Chicago Sun-Times got it, they're the ones that got it in 2002, but there's still those couple of years. Where did this tape actually come from? That's what the defense is arguing. Also, the defense is arguing that, that, that this isn't R. Kelly on the tape, and they are pointing to the fact that, one, FBI investigators haven't been able to positively ID that that is R. Kelly on the tape, and also they say that they're that R. Kelly has a significant mole on his back and that you can't see that in the tape. That was actually going to be my question, which is sort of awkward, which is uh, who has the unpleasant job of watching something that is alleged to be kitty porn over and over and over like a thousand times in a row and then staring at R. Kelly and trying to figure out if it's the same guy. That's got to be a singularly unpleasant task. Absolutely, and that's what these investigators have had to do. Oh. And, and even by looking at this tape, I mean, you figure how long they've, known about it and had it and they still can't determine for sure that that is him on the tape so that's really the defense's case they're saying that it's not him because of that reason but the prosecution is showing this tape and right there that that can go a long way guilty or innocent well all right then amanda moyer as always thank you it is always a pleasure we will speak with you at some point in the very near future i am sure thank you amanda <laughs> you're welcome there you go amanda moyer ladies and gentlemen at the cnn center which used to be the sid and marty croft amusement park that went a lot better than it usually does yeah, I think she's warming up to me. I think so, too. Whatever happened to Rachel McGrath? Whatever happened? I don't know. Whatever happened to Pat Sinclair? Pat the one who requested to never come on our show anymore. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was awkward. I don't wish to speak to Rick Emerson ever again. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's 
2970. We're actually on time. It seems like we had a break here. I know. Let's do it. Let's just let's go with the flow. All right. Now I just bit myself. I'm not bleeding. I love how, okay. can we please be talking about how in the kitchen you were talking about, man, sir, I know you're hungry, but I just haven't been eating anything. And then I saw you eat like an a entire plate, plate of cookies, of cookies yesterday. yesterday. I like, forgot about honestly, that. I just had broth. I, I did. Had broth. I went home. I went home last night and I just, uh, and, and Tim and I were talking about how it just feels like, and I'm not complaining, but it just feels like we've been going, going, going for like about two weeks now. I don't know if I'm just speaking for Tim and I, I don't know if you feel that way too. Oh. But I feel I like for the past couple of weeks, we have just been, it's been like pedal to the metal. It has been eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. And and I just, and, and at some point, all I was eating was, at one point, all I was eating was junk food. And then at one point before the listener party, all I was eating was fast food. Uh, and then during the party, I, I, the day of the listener party, actually, Bridget from upstairs, God bless her, came up and she goes, you look kind of pale. When is the last time you ate? And that was on Thursday afternoon. And I realized at that point that I hadn't eaten for like a day and a half. And I said, uh, Tuesday? And so she got me like a garden burger or whatever. Um, and so I ate that. And then, then I went, and then all, all this last weekend, all I did was just eat crap. And then I think yesterday I had like however many of those cookies. And then I went home and Lara, God bless her, gave me like some chicken broth or something because I was just feeling so smacked about everything. So um, anyway, it's just been, uh, at some point, I'm going to have to like, do that celebrity rehab thing where I just, like, lock myself in a room with a bag of carrots, uh, you know, and, like, some protein bars for, like, three weeks. Just to, like, some sort of... Sponge all the badness out of your body. Yeah, something to get me back on the health wagon, man, because I just feel like, uh, as they used to say in my high school, I just feel like hammered crap. So, uh, all right. Ew. That's what I'm saying. Isn't that a great phrase? No. Except they didn't say crap. It's 503-733-2970. Zing! Let's take a break. Back after this, uh, Tim Riley's uh, noon news hour coming up. Later on, the top five... Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. If you're on hold, hang tight. Your phone calls around the corner and more. And join us tonight for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at the Regal Evergreen Parkway. Tonight, midnight showing. We'll be there along with Tim Riley, Court, and Fat Boy. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, the top five, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. More of your phone calls. And uh, we'll do High Concept Wednesday today, or Wednesday, as they say. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It just occurred to me that 
We always ask the longest-running TV show question like every month or so. Is that true? Is that one of those things that we do and then Todd the Corpse corrects us? Actually, it's Aaron the Geek. Okay. Who has very little spare time on his hands to do this, but I need to find the time. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> We've been corrected on this on numerous occasions. All right. Gunsmoke, for I, 20 years. I hate to tear him away from already writing the next roast. Mm-hmm. Death Valley Days, 20 years. Lassie, 20 years. Law and Order, 18 years. Now, see, here's the thing. Here's how I know we haven't really talked about it that frequently, because none of it, because it, sometimes we will come on and we'll say, hey, what is the deal with blah, 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 chickens and lungs, or whatever, and then somebody will correct us, and then the answer will sound vaguely familiar, and that's usually the tip-off. That's the tale that we've talked about it before. These answers, none of this sounds familiar at all. I don't recognize any of this. No, I don't. doesn't include soap operas, though. No, I don't recognize any of these answers, so I don't know that we've really, um... I don't think we've really talked about this before. Should we save this? Can I see that for just yeah. one moment? Pack it up on the wall. We should put it. We should create our own fact file in here, like our own sort of like filing cabinet full of uh, answers. To, and so every time I come on uh, the, the air and I ask something stupid, uh, every time I come on and I say, well, if oxygen burns and hydrogen burns, why doesn't water burn? Uh, then I can go to the filing cabinet and see if I've already asked that retarded question before and if somebody called in and very patiently explained it to me, giving me some long, drawn-out scientific answer that made no sense. Uh, let's see here. Um, Law and Order, 18 years. Uh, The Simpsons, 19 years. Lassie, 20 years. Death, Death Valley Days, 20 years. Gunsmoke, 20 years. Okay, but this isn't, to be fair, this isn't the question we asked, though. This is not the question we asked at the beginning the of the question program. question phrased? The question was, of the shows that are currently on the air now, of programs currently airing, what are the longest-running shows? That was our thing. Not has The Simpsons been on longer than any other show ever. The question was, of the shows that are currently on the air right now, what's been on the longest? And my speculation was that it was The Simpsons. If you took away news programs, mm-hmm. The Simpsons is the longest-running, currently-airing television program. Only we can take a question that seems like it ought to be a lot of fun and just drain all the joy so the out of it. The longest-running program is uh, Meet the Press, I believe. But that's, but that's my thing about removing... That's a news show, though, is it not? Yes. So re- at a, if you remove news programs from... the could we make this any more complicated? If you remove news programs, if you remove soap operas and game shows as well, what is the longest running current time episodic program? Currently airing, yes, primetime episodic program. Yes. And I believe uh, under those uh, criteria, it's The Simpsons. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you're just saying that so we can move on. Yes. But I appreciate it, Tim. That's why we all love you. Here's Tim Riley. So, uh, you all know what happened nationally last night. We'll get to the, some of those sound bites in a little while. On the uh, local front, uh, Portland has elected its first openly gay mayor. Sam Adams got over 52% of the vote. And uh, he's 44 years old. He says his main goals for the city are to improve the economy, reduce the drop-off rate in public schools, and prepare for the influx of people moving to the region. So he replaces, uh, what's his name, who hasn't really done anything? Tom uh, Potter. Yeah, Tom Potter. No, no, he gave us uh, the overnight restaurant. 24-hour peeing, Tim. That's true. So I don't know if he's going to continue this because I don't see this as part of his program. That's legacy enough for one man. I've met Sam Adams a couple times, and he is dreamy. Is he? Oh. What celebrity does he most resemble other than himself? I don't even think I know who I don't even know. Like. Who's, who's, the, who's the guy that's playing uh, Harvey Dent? What's his name? Oh, um, Aaron Aaron. Eckhart. Yeah, he looks kind of like him, but like Sam. Or Christopher Reed as Clark Kent. Really? I think so. He All is, right. yeah, because when Hold I was doing that Bishop ad campaign... Uh, he was getting his hair done at the same time I was. And, was he really? Yeah. And the, and the at girl the People's who, Barber Shop. Dude, and and the girl who was doing it, she's just like he got up to his thing and she's like, he's really cute. Maybe I should ask him out. I'm like, I don't think so, honey. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm looking at him right here. This 
Wait, this is our new Portland mayor? How good looking is he? God damn, we rule. Oh, man, we should start... Co- wow. He, he was we just to put here, his face He everywhere. was here a couple of days ago on uh, the Marconi show. Really? Yeah, he was sitting in the... Big Why didn't he office. offer to come on our program? The Rick Emerson show is a big tent. Well, we'll have to wow. inquire. Wow. I want to start calling other cities at random in the phone book and just taunting them for having the for not having this guy as mayor. Okay, but I know... He is beautiful. No, no he, he, he looks... I know who he looks like. I know exactly who he looks like. Who does like. he look like? Do you want to guess? Because I know it. And when I say it, you're going to immediately say, yeah, that's it. I know exactly who he looks like. Okay, no, give it to me. Tell, me. tell me. He looks exactly like Peter Krause from Six Feet Under. Exactly. Bam. Well, you're t- the guy who plays Nathan. Yes, Rick yes. Emerson, or he played also played Casey McCall in Sports. He's Peter Krause. That's it. Done. Wow. That is yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Done and from done. From now on, he's that's invited the to the next listener party. <laughs> yeah, we need to have Sam Adams on. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he is like incredibly handsome. He really is. I mean. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm all man and everything, but seriously, that guy's, he's... Ooh, I just found a picture of him with a beard. He has, you Come know what on. he has? You know, he has He has half-closed, dreamy, sex-filled eyes is what he has. He sure does. He used to be the chief aide to uh, Mary Katz way back when. Well, she's sort of, um, she's sort of mannish in her way, so... No, you're all. thinking of Barry Manilow, who looks like Mary <laughs> Katz. It, it, it's not her fault that Barry Manilow looks like I'm her. looking at photographs of our new mayor from every angle, and wow, he is... I know, I'm just going through Google Images. Like... He is stunning in every single photograph. Well, I, and, I can but... stop by City Hall when I walk by tomorrow and ask for an autograph picture. For really? Like, yeah. Will you ask him if he'll come on our show? Sure. I don't know him wow. personally. i got to quit looking at these photographs, because it's just making me feel I'll inferior about myself. myself. <laughs> All right. Well, you can run for mayor. Let him know that... Yeah, I don't think that's going to work Let him know out. that the Rick Emerson show thinks he's dreamy. Let him know that the Rick Emerson show, uh, that, you know, the, the Rick Emerson show collectively just wants to make out with him. Here's <laughs> Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So, uh, yeah, that's a big deal. So, we're the biggest city with an openly gay mayor. But he's not the first gay mayor. The first one was in Providence, Rhode Island, a much smaller city, and he was elected in 2002. But this uh, is the biggest city to have an openly gay mayor. Yes. So, in your face, everybody who's not us... Uh, Probably gay hot mayor. Yeah, seriously. Add that on hot gay mayor. He's our hot gay mayor. I love my hot gay mayor. <laughs> he's the new hot gay mayor. <laughs> it seems like there are more puns we're missing here, but that's okay. He's got well, a long term to go. I feel bad for anybody who's driving around and can't look at pictures of his beautiful face right now. I mean, really. Well, uh, nobody's requesting pictures of Tom Potter. No, I don't even know what Tom Potter what looks, looks like. like. Oh, oh I got to look up Tom Potter now. He looks like an old caveman. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I don't want to take down my um, Google search of Sam Adams because I want to keep that up. Tom Always. Potter. Uh, Everybody stop and look for a picture of Tom Potter. Now, if Tom Potter is, uh, I, and I don't think it's inappropriate to ask this, if Tom Potter, Tom Potter, I was about to say Tom Potter's openly Potter. gay. If, <laughs> no, <he's>... if <laughs> Tom Potter is openly straight, I believe. Um, oh, he's old. If Sam Adams is openly, openly gay, uh, is there Mr. Adams? I don't know. I'm not sure. One? <laughs> uh, Tom Potter, Portland. I know this is going to be disappointing. I mean, really, how can you compare? Are you compare? Googling if Sam Adams has go- a partner? No, I'm Googling Tom Potter to see what he looks like. Sam Adams. Wait, is this, single. Is, this, is this Tom Potter? No, no. Uh, oh. Is this? Wait, is this Tom Potter? Yes. yes. Okay, do you know who Tom Potter is? No, a long, long time ago before he didn't shave. Tom, po- Tom Potter is Philip Baker Hall. And if you know Philip Baker Hall, he is an actor from Magnolia, Boogie Nights, Hard eight. He does those ads right now. It must be tough work lugging around that big brain of yours, Mr. Dunn. That guy, he does those ads for Holiday Inn. He is him. Do you know who Philip Baker no, Hall I just, is? I just looked him up, yes. Philip Baker Hall? Yeah, Tom Potter is Philip Baker Hall. He was the colonel in Boogie Nights. 
where he says, uh, he goes, I like butter on my ass and lollipops in my mouth. Call me crazy, call me a pervert. That's just who I am. That's what I like. Yeah, that's you know, who Tom Potter is. It looks like Sam Adams has a former partner, so he's single right now. All right. Attention. And ready to mingle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Do you think just... we could get He won't come on a ridiculous show. No. Well, I mean. He might. I bet, like, I know the, the conversation of the last. Buddies with him. The last seven minutes may have made it either more likely or less likely that he would ever speak to us. So. Maybe not listening today. You know, he might be busy. <laughs> he might not be listening. Today. He might be busy standing on top of a mountain screaming, I am a golden Adonis. Look at me. So. Wow. Well, I walk by his office every day. Well, here's the thing about, I'm looking at, the, I, I know that we're just constantly we're just <laughs> going on about how hot Sam Adams too. is. He is so good looking. Well, I'm just so, I mean, uh, you know. A I, new I, hot gay mayor. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so, everybody stop and look. Detached from local politics and, you know, and a lot Not of levels. Anymore. Because yeah, just, just until, until just now. Um, I wonder what our hot gay mayor is going to do for a city. No straight mayor was ever so attractive. I'm, really, I mean, it has to be said. I mean, it's, uh. He's almost otherworldly attractive. Wow, I gotta I gotta close this because otherwise I'm just right, gonna be thrown back, into doubt about myself. Back when he worked in City Hall, he saw the dreamy Sam Adams every single day. He's indeed an extreme looker in person and smells very nice. You know, well, you, well, here's a couple things you say. Looking, I realize this now sounds officially creepy, but if you look at Sam Adams, you can tell that he smells fantastic. You can tell he's one of those guys. I can I can picture him lounging around on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. bathrobe. New York Times, fresh like squeezed orange juice, bagel, and having, you know, just having gotten up, still looking perfect. Oh. Ever so slightly tousled in that kind of George but Clooney like sort of way. He has a white, fluffy bathrobe, and he's sitting on his deck that he made himself in Are his Are we being time. weird right now? <laughs> <laughs> With the Monte Grand initials, S.A. Yes. It sounds like we're about to go drug him. <laughs> it really does. You distract him. I've got the rag. <laughs> we're not really going to do that to the new mayor. That would be wrong. Wow, let's move on. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> we can't talk about him anymore. Oh, talk about him all, all you want. A lot of people are very happy right, about this, obviously. Let's, let's see if everybody else knows how hot the new mayor is. Oh, let's see. Uh, I don't know who this is. This is a good Dave or Annie. <laughs> calling somebody? Why not? I'm going to start. Ne- really, next hour, we're going to call somebody in Idaho and ask. Uh, we're going to call somebody like Boise. Mm-hmm. See what their mayor looks like. We should... Oh, best idea ever. Hold on. Don't let me forget about this. Would you like to buy some advertising on the Rick Emerson Show? <laughs> Hello, Dave. Zinn. Have you seen how hot our new mayor is? He is dreamy. He is so hot. <laughs> he came in last week. Uh, not for your show. Nobody told us. You never told us he was here, you bastard. I uh, uh, shook his hand. We took the elevator down. Did, did his hand, did his hand smell like lavender? He had just come from a workout, actually. Oh, okay. so, you know what? But I bet, I bet his sweat just smells like honey. All right. <laughs> All right, thank you, Dave Zinn. All right, peace. Oh, okay. now you have to find where he works out. I have. I have sweat smells like honey. <laughs> <laughs> now he's definitely not going to come on, right? Your smear, your fear tastes like <laughs> tastes like roses. Um, the okay, I have the best idea ever. Okay. Really? That's uh, this is I mean, this is the one time this week when that phrase uh, will be accurate. Does it involve Sam Adams coming into our studio? Uh, well, maybe at some point. Yeah. Um, the uh. Here's what we got to do. We here on the Rick Emerson Show need to create and then sell our mayor is hotter than your mayor T-shirts. Think about the people who would buy those. I'd buy one. I'd wear one right now. Yeah. All right. I'm calling that idea right now. 
And uh, we need like kind of like a, a caricature of his face. The, where, where he's just with a glow, with a golden yes. glow around him. The Rick Emerson Show, we're going to create shirts that just say, our mayor is hotter than your mayor, and it's going to be Sam at Portland, Oregon, blah, blah, there blah, blah. There may be some licensing fee involved. Well, no, but we wouldn't have his likeness, though. Oh. We, if we, I mean, if there was an issue with his likeness, it would just say. I mean, in fact, that I really would he... uh, Why would he be opposed? That would just be mean if he'd be opposed. Quit to... telling people how hot I am. You are golden god, Sam. Really? Really? No, but, I mean, think about this. It might even be better if the shirt didn't have his face, and it would That's just say, it, you know, be like... Listen to this, everybody. Okay. Hey, everybody, listen to how great I am. himself into a frenzy now. You know those shirts that say, like, Vermont is for lovers and yes. whatever, do it in North Dakota or whatever those shirts like say? In Oregon? This would just be Portland, Oregon. Our mayor is hotter than your mayor. Yeah. And then it would just have an outline of the city behind it. I'm calling that now. That's great. Everybody heard, you, everybody heard me come up with this idea? I did. That's me. Me. Yeah, Rick Emerson. It was copy. genius. It's, it's genius. You don't really think it's genius. No, I do. Do no, you I really? Yes. I would completely wear that. Yeah, and it would just be the outline of the city. Uh, and it would be like one of those Vermont is for lovers shirts, but it would say like Portland, Oregon, our mayor is hotter than your mayor, and it's true. It is. So how long is uh, how long does the mayor? Uh, how long are they in office? Tim, what is the length of the mayoral term? Oh, a couple years. All right. Oh, so we have two years to look at his beautiful face. Wow. And probably more. All right. And plus, he's just he's like a really nice guy, and I really like what he represents. Like, I'm just really excited. I've never. You know what the thing is that I've never lived anywhere that didn't have a mayor that was just hideous. I'm thinking back to now. Certainly, Spokane's mayor was hideous. I mean, it's Spokane. I'm looking at pictures. I mean, Salt Lake. Salt Lake. We just had the, the horse-faced Dee Dee Corradini for the longest time. She looked like John Elway in a dress. So, all right. Yeah, I gotta. Uh, I gotta close oh, this picture for somebody. Just sent me his office number. Uh, Ooh, whatever you do, don't let's abuse see that. see if he's there. What if you call and it's just like you call and it's just like that, like that mute, like that new age music you hear at the massage place, where it's just like. But I mean, he's almost like like it's like Bob Dylan. How I idolize him, but I don't want to meet him. Like, what if Sam Adams is really meeting and he? We like, have to stop this whole conversation silly. where it turns me gay. All right, here's or hey, at least you have a chance. Here's Tim. Riley. <laughs> We're gonna go out on that line. Here's Tim Riley. Wow. But here's one that's uh, gonna upset Sir X Dylan. Oh, Jeff um. Merkley and Steve Novick slugged it out during the primary campaign. Each struggling for the opportunity to run against Gordon Smith. There was an initial Novik surge, but Merkley pulled ahead and maintained a margin of several thousand voters. And clearly, Steve Novik did not win. So I'm wearing my Steve Novik ah. shirt today, uh, you know, as just sort of a, uh, you know, just sort of a little tribute uh, to the hook. So I, the thing about it is, I really am surprised that he didn't win. Because I am shocked. In America, it's so much about imagery and advertising and uh, sort of making a big splash and a high concept. And, and you know, let's just be honest, American voters are stupid. Uh, and you know, and so, so if you can get sort of a snazzy ad campaign going, that's like half the battle. So I mean, it does it does surprise me. I thought he had it sealed when he did that TV commercial of him opening the guy's beer with the hook. I, when I saw that, when I'm like, he's opening a dude's beer with a hook. He's in. I mean, he's so in. Uh, and and when he has the extra large like outlet behind him, and he's unplugging like yeah. the. I I really am legitimately surprised by that. So uh, oh, well, I just, enjoy being talked to like they're stupid. I'm just you know what can you mm. do? All right. Well, I just sorry. found the hottest picture no, of Sam Adams. Okay. And then we have to stop. I know. You I know. Have no, no, to no, no, stop. No, no. But look. Look at him pondering. He's oh, pondering see, the good he's going to do with our there, city. There's an even better one you'll like on my webpage. No, oh. uh, I don't really go to that one. I'm, not so, I'm not so fond like of that it. one. He looks he's pensive, pensive and he has like crazy eyes. Yeah. That one is sort of his a beautiful mind shot. That's what that is right Riley there. Riley Lyle. All right, here's... I, I got a more handsome one for you on my webpage. All right, I'm going to steal it and make it our Riley Lyle. Here's like Tim Riley. All right. Uh, let's see. Where do we go from here? I don't talk about something manly, Tim. Now, there's a very dirty campaign. And he lost. Republican congressional candidate Mike Erickson 
won last night. He's a Lake Oswego businessman. He defeated Kevin Mannix, who runs for something every election. Always loses. Mannix. Always loses. Uh, Eric uh, was defeating him by a margin of 50 to 45. And this got really dirty because Mannix. Mannix. Put on these commercials saying he got his girlfriend pregnant and paid for her abortion. Uh, yeah, no, I. One? Yes, I, I heard about that. So, uh, he yeah. really put that in an ad campaign? Yeah, well, it's Man Mannix runs for something every time and always Mannix. By making a total fool of himself. And Mannix. Mannix. Sarah doesn't remember Mannix. Mm -mm. Mannix was a private detective show. Uh, it ran Sorry, from... Mike Connors. It ran from 68 to... I don't know, like 71, 72, something like that? I just remember it was in color. Yeah. So this is the theme song to Mannix. Here's that scene of him uh, in the race car. Mike Connors is... Mannix. Mannix. When you keep saying Mannix, I keep thinking you're talking about Mannix. Mannix, the hand of, hands of fate. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how you doing? What's up? Hey, just on those uh, TV shows you guys are talking about. Yes, sir. Uh, I got three of them for you here. They got Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, which is still on the air. That's and... it, it, with new episodes. Is Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom on the air with new episodes? Yeah. On most has been dead for. On what shit? I mean, seriously. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Merle Perkins has been dead, but still there. And Jim probably got eaten by something. Jim, poor but, Jim, uh, who always had to go do the dirty work. All the, yeah, I will all stay the back in the boat while Jim will go and extract a tooth from a megalodon. Uh, and on what channel is that airing, sir? Um, it's on one of those like OPD channels. Comes on. Mm, all right. Okay. What's another one? Uh, Masterpiece Theater. Oh, that's yeah. true. But I would think almost anything that's too too intelligent probably shouldn't count on this list. I would okay. say the public and, totally. And, and Sarah would ought to know this. Sesame Street. Uh, that's true. I guess oh, yeah, we, you're I, right. Maybe we ought to remove... Uh, see, this list becomes harder and harder to do because now I feel like we ought to remove public television because they don't have to really compete in the same arena. So no, uh, That is true. All right. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? I, that, that commercial where he opens the beer with the claw. I love that. I know. Well, here's a good question for you. Sam Adams, was he the same Sam Adams as the beer company? No. No, it's just a coincidence. Sam Adams uh, was one of the original uh, Patriots. Yeah. That would be even better if he was the beer guy. There was I a guy. He's a delicious beer and a delicious man. There was a guy <laughs> named Roy Rogers who won something last yeah, night. Yeah, so we'll talk uh, about that. He won the Washington County Commissioner District 3. Well, thank you. Thank awesome you. Show. All right, here's Tim Riley. So Roy Rogers did win last night. Good for you, Roy in, uh, Rogers. Washington County. And also, uh, Jackie Dingfelder yeah. uh, won for the uh, Senate District Number 22 for the Democrats. Dingfelder. I barely knew her. Let's hear it for the Wu guy as David Wu got 81% of the vote. No contest. Uh, and some fellow named Mark got 1% with 450 votes. Now, is it just a fellow? You kept saying last night a fellow named Mark. Does Mark, he uh, I can't pronounce Welly Co. Welly's. Uh, well, I think we understand now why he name. <laughs> Some name that doesn't sound American, Tim. That's right. All right. Tried to challenge David Wu. Woo! And Will Hobbs was in that. Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs. All of the names from last night, I was here. I Robert was a... Liberty. I, How is... could you not win? Another day, when Tim and I were here last night uh, doing the uh, news coverage, is only we could do it, and I was a little loopy to begin with. Mm -hmm. And all of the names struck me as incredibly hilarious last night. Because they all seemed either like funny, like Jackie Dingfelder. Or they just seemed impossibly American, uh, like the Mark Liberty or Ted Liberty or whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been working on stuff for like two weeks. Uh, so uh, Robert Liberty won, as did Carlotta Colette. 
She is the Metro Councilor District 2 uh, candidate, and she won with 81% of the vote. And uh, that's all the important stuff anyway. All the rest of the stuff is online, so go look for it if you didn't hear it. So what was Sho- Shodazono running for? Mayor. He was, yeah, he was running for mayor. He, he got do? 34%. Well, he's not as good looking as uh, Sam Adams. He you got can't compete. 34% of the vote. And Adams got 52. Yeah. So you have 84,000 votes compared to 48,000. Yeah. So, uh, and then there were there were some other ones, too, but they didn't fare that well anyway. You really nailed it last night when you said that Carlotta Colette sounds like she ought to have, like, a hat with a huge feather in it and be drinking at the Brown Derby while writing gossip columns mm-hmm. next to Hedda Hopper. I think I mean, that does sound like, it sounds like a name from the night, like, 1942 or something. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir, madam, as the case may be. Sure, um... Yeah, yeah, I got a copyright legal warning about using Sam Adams. Another kooky uh, AM radio station uh, helped Sam Adams set up a Sam Adams for Mayor website, and um, the beer company uh, tried to sue them to take it down. Well, this wouldn't be – I mean, it's not going to use his name, though. It's just going to say, our mayor is hotter than your mayor. Okay. All right, thank you. you All right, thank you. All right, here's Tim Riley. So, are we still looking up Sam Adams pictures, or are you – I'm done. I've moved on. Okay, well, you have this whole term to keep looking them up at home if you want to. No, I just put I, I picked my favorite one, and I made it our the space picture so I can keep looking at it over and over. So that's that. Okay. And we're done. Let's talk about uh, Hillary Clinton, shall we? The hero of all the white people in the South. Uh, she claimed victory in the Kentucky Democratic presidential primary last night. We will have a president who will rebuild the economy, end the war in Iraq, restore our leadership in the world, and stand up for you every single day. So she wants to rebuild the war in Iraq. Yeah, good luck. Uh, she's going to talk about what she does if elected president. Oh, she's not. We're moving along. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what's happening. What's going on? Uh, Terry that? McAuliffe says the campaign has uh, made a comeback with yesterday's massive Kentucky primary win. We're back. We continue to raise money. We continue to win states. This thing goes on. I don't know why people saying this is over. Uh-huh. Well, for one thing, you're $21 million in debt. <laughs> Even if you raise money, you should pay your whole bills. I think all of those Hillary soundbites ought to come with a rim shot after the video. There you go. No, no, on the comeback trail. Yeah, Hillary has pledged to uh, work for a party whether she wins the Democratic nominee or not. And Hillary has said, no matter what happens, if she doesn't happen to win the nomination, she will be full throttle the next day helping Barack Obama win this election. Ooh. Hear that? Twenty-one million. I don't even know how you get to be twenty-one million dollars in debt. I mean, what do you even spend on? Has anybody here? Here's a good question. Michael Huffington uh, in California, he was like thirty-three million dollars in debt. Yeah, I think that was just keeping that nutcase wife of his happy, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I mean, here's a question. Did anybody even see any Hillary advertising here in, in Oregon? Yeah, well, I, I fast forward through everything. So yeah. I see, any advertising. see, and I didn't. I didn't. I know that there were some call-outs. I pushed that little red button. <laughs> the skip irritating political ad button. Away they go. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a 30-second skip on your DVR? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 30-second skip is one of the greatest inventions. Quick, quick, quick. Yes, that's exactly it. One, two, three, four, done. Uh, so I saw, uh, it, like, campaign signs that she had posted. Uh, but I was unclear about whether she actually did uh, any sort of conventional electronic advertising. I do have a, I have a great email uh, that I'll get to somebody who got a let's see let's see if I can uh, get this really quickly somebody who got a great phone message or not a phone message but you know they they were called by one of those old women that sits there and mans the phone bank uh, for Hillary Clinton and I think this person I may have to get this email later on I don't know if I have it but the person got an email from somebody at the Clinton campaign co- uh, headquarters on I think Tuesday 
and appa- or on Monday rather, and apparently the person who who called was just go- completely obnoxious uh, when told that the, that the listener wasn't going to be voting for Hillary. So uh, I'll get that here in just a few. Here's Tim Riley. Then we have Barack Obama, who says that John McCain is running on the Bush legacy. I admire John McCain because he is a genuine American war hero. He deserves admiration for his service to our country. But he is running for a third Bush term. There were three splices there. Yeah, it was. Although uh, he, he did have that great line, which I mentioned to Lisa uh, earlier, where he was talking about how the Republican candidates were all trying to out-Bush each other uh, and that John McCain was the winner. Here we go. This Rick just wanted to tell you about the call my wife received a couple of days ago. It was a woman, and after my wife said hello, the woman said, Hello, I'm calling on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign, and we would just like to thank you for your support this Tuesday. My wife said... Well, I'm sorry, but I'm not voting for Hillary. The woman on the other end then asked, well, may I ask who you are voting for? My wife answered, Barack Obama. The wonderful representative of the Hillary Clinton campaign then proceeded to tell my wife in the iciest of tones, well, I guess some people just don't care about our future and hung up on her. (laughs) Which is great. Uh, All right, there you go. Politics. Here's Tim Riley. Well, I guess he could. Uh, Barack Obama made a speech in Des Moines, Iowa, saying he's close to sealing the deal for the Democratic nomination. We have returned to Iowa with a majority of delegates elected by the American people, and you have put us within reach of the Democratic nomination for President of the United States of America. That's one of those weird phrases, too, that doesn't actually mean what it sort of sounds like. Uh, I mean, I think to the average person who's just flipping by and, and or maybe just hears that soundbite, it sounds like he's got it sewn up, which he does in a sort of general, vague sort of way. Uh, but I think they said that he doesn't even have to split the remaining delegates no. uh, with Hillary. I think he, he even just gets like a minority of the remaining delegates that he's in. He's in like Flynn, as they say. So, and after that, you won't be getting any Hillary phone calls. No, 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 no. Maybe I can get Hillary on the show after that, once she's been booted out. Oh, that's true. Well, whatever people might call and say, remember what happened to Vince Foster? <laughs> oh, look who went home from the hospital today. Uh, Ted Kennedy, departing Mass General Hospital with his uh, brain tumor. That was the adoring crowd <laughs> outside of Mass General Hospital. We now have the sound of rushing wind near a wheelchair that holds Ted Kennedy. All right. What are we doing? I'm just, I'm just, just following along as you do the news, Tim. So the emotional Senator Robert Byrd of West Virginia spoke of Kennedy yesterday on the Senate floor. Ted. Hello. Ted. Oh. Wow. My know. dear friend. I love you. All right. Next. There are still unreserved campsites available at state campgrounds in northeastern Oregon and southern coastal Memorial Day weekend. That's from the Oregon Park and Recreation Department. 21 parks offer more than 800 campsites on a first-come, first-served basis. All major areas will be operating after a snow-delayed opening. And so there is still snow in campgrounds? What's going on here? It's May. Can I go back for one moment and address that last sound clip we played? Sure. You went through all of your sound <laughs> It was, That's the worst thing I've ever heard. That was really uh, singularly awkward. I feel like I have to address it or else it's just going to sit there and cause tension. Well, I thought you were done. I, uh... Wow. 
I just didn't really expect that. I mean, okay. I don't really know how to, uh, okay, fair enough. And that was Robert Byrd? Yeah. Well, he's old himself. <sighs> I suppose. I think I was just, uh, I don't think I was mentally prepared for that. Well, all right then. So there you go. So there's that. Um, so now is Kennedy, and we were going to be talking to Steve Kasterman about this today. He sounded like Butters, too, just a little bit. He kind of sounded like a grown-up Butters from South Park. So we were going to talk to Steve Kasterman about this, but so, so Ted Kennedy's not going back to the Senate, though, is he? I mean, he can't. I can't imagine he's going back to work. Is he? They have they well, said, not right now. He's going back to Hyannis Park. I mean, if they, do you suppose he's going to be like finishing out this term? Have they said anything about whether he's or, or if he's going to be undergoing? I mean, this is the, is this the kind of thing that they could even treat? But yeah, he's going to be treated for it. All right. I mean, I wonder if that's uh, so. I wonder if, it, it, if this is going to sort of be the end of the uh, the end of the Kennedy era. I mean, uh, if he will either be de facto. Uh, leaving and turning over his power to somebody else in the center, whether he will actually be... Because it was that guy that was that guy that had a stroke uh, a while back. Oh, yeah, we don't a... hear about him anymore. No, and, is he, and that's the thing is, I don't even know whatever happened to that guy. I'm not sure if he's still in office or if he's still... Like, is he just at home, like, sort of scrawling things out with one hand? Or All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, anyway, he's got the whole summer to recover. I mean, he's on Cape Cod. It's time for clam bakes and lobsters and things like that. <laughs> and he goes back to Washington. I'm sure he'll be doing a lot of clam baking. Well, he has his people making clam. I suppose that's true. Uh, a gunman ran through a car lot. Apparently, he was chasing a guy who stole a bag of drugs. So he's racing through this uh, car lot while customers and salespeople scattered in duck for cover. People probably thought it was some zany commercial. But it happened in Toyota car dealership on McLaughlin and Gladstone around 7 o'clock last night. Nobody was injured. So the guy gets out of the car, chases a guy with a gun in his hand, telling people to stop the man with the black backpack. So everybody scatters and ducks for cover. With the help of one of the witnesses, uh, police were able to track the suspect, Clay Pierce, to a trailer park. And why don't they just begin there? Officers arrested the 48-year-old <laughs> man, seized the gun, and drugs found in the search. He faces uh, numerous charges in Clackamas County, but he was taken out to the uh, Clack County Jail. Of course. They have a new sheriff. So, uh, I mean, there are plenty of car lots on the way down there. So I don't know who owns them anymore. He used to be the guy with the funny face on the license plates who disappeared. Whatever happened to him? Uh, Scott. See, you don't remember, do you? Thomason? Yeah, I think so. That's uh, who may at this point be one of our fine sponsors, but I don't really know the answer to that. Where You used to see his face everywhere, everywhere. actually. Then all of a sudden they made him disappear. Here's a question. What Maybe happened to Cal Worthington? Is oh. Cal Worthington dead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he... Did, uh, Cal well, Worthington... old age, he was already old. And his dog Spot or whatever? I'm not sure about the dog Spot. All right. So Cal Worthington. Cal Worthington, we don't really... I mean, the closest that was... Scott Thomas, I think, was the closest we had to that. We don't really have... I don't think we really have a, a, a Washington or Oregon equivalent to Cal Worthington. I mean, we have, t- we have, um. There's that little kangaroo at the car dealership in suburbs. And we have, uh, Tom Peterson Glorious 2, and Glorious 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we have Tom Shane, who's a fixture here. But, all right. I, uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back after this. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Mr. Skin coming up later on. Top five and more from Tim Riley.
There's always a way. I think I can see it happening. You call the equalizer. It's 503-733-2970. By the way, Cal Worthington not dead. Cal Worthington, I'm reading from an email now, 86 years old, living the high life in California, Tim Riley. You know what? I can't make mistakes today because I worked awful late. Yes, you did, Tim. Uh, reporting the results as they came in, which was lightning fast, by the way. You bet. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, you sort of know intellectually that California is, uh, California, that Oregon's mail-in ballot system works really well. Yeah. But well, I mean, eight, an hour. the poll closed at 8. By 8.05, they had 11% of the vote counted. By 8.12, they had 17% of the vote. And by 8.25, they had 51% of the vote counted. And they called it for Obama like 20 minutes earlier. So it was, it was very, very impressive. Uh, yeah, so Cal Worthington alive. Let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, Rick, just in case you did not know, you can get Sarah a date with Sam Adams at the Ronald McDonald House Celebrity Auction set for June 13th. Yes! Are we pleased <laughs> to be doing that? Well, can we please petition listeners to get me a date with Sam Adams? Yeah, that's exactly how we should use the airwaves. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Let's no, make sure so that we call the farmer about that first. Hey, by the way, we're going to be using the radio show to uh, get Sarah a date with somebody else. <laughs> it is... The consolation prize is the consolation prize a date with Ronald McDonald. If you don't get the date with Sam Adams or Tom Potter. Oh, Oh, we should get him on the phone for an interview. You know what just happened during the break is that Richie, Richie, who was sort of equal parts ambition and sort of haste, Mm -hmm. was listening with one ear, and all he heard us say was blah 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 phone interview blah 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 mayor, and we were of course talking about Sam Adams, who is now the the mayor elect. Um, And when does the changeover for that actually happen? January. Okay, January. So, uh, so, so Richie heard, heard us talking about that. Now, so Richie picks up the phone, and to his credit, immediately gets on the phone with Tom Potter's office, thinking that's who we want for an interview. He's like, "Hey, we'd like to schedule an interview with the mayor on the Rick Emerson show." And I guess the woman said, with a sort of icy, icy distance uh, to her voice, she said, "Well, the results are in. I think you may want to call Sam Adams' people about that." <laughs> <laughs> gone. So thanks, uh, Richie. That's so awkward. Awkward. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, the yellow line of the Max is shut down following a collision involving a Max train and a car near the intersection of North Interstate and North Russell. Well, all right. So that has kind of a trickle down thing that slows down everything. So you're going to be standing out there for a while. At least it's not that hot out today, so can't complain. Uh, remember the guy that uh, flew with the line chair attached to the balloons a few months back? Yes. Uh, Kent Couch was his name. And what happened was, he was offering a $500 reward for anyone who found the chair. He even posted it online and asked the question, did you find my chair in several languages? And he heard rumors that the pilot had seen it over Michigan. Because what happened was, when he got out of his chair, when the plane began in Bend, ended in Eastern Oregon, he got out of the chair, and of course the balloons were still attached Immediately to it, the chair just goes up without all his right, stuff. Right. So he never saw it again. So he wanted it back, and apparently it has been found, the chair and the gear, about 13 miles from where he landed near Union, but everything's still intact. Uh, He stuffed his equipment in a canvas bag, which uh, largely protected his cell phone camera, uh, GPS, and other gear. He said he hasn't watched the video yet because he'd uh, gotten rid of the necessary cables for the camera. (laughs) Of course. So he attempted this uh, flight twice the first time. He was off the ground for six hours, but had to parachute down. The second time, he was better prepared and he traveled 
200 miles across the state as high as 13,000 feet. Now, I'm not telling somebody to do this because that I would be... I know kids are going to do this. No, kids don't do this. It would be wrong and irresponsible. I'm just saying simply in terms of observation. Every uh, you know year or so, we get a guy who does this where he gets his lawn chair out back and he hooks 5,000 balloons up to it, James in the giant peach style, and then he floats away into the heavens. You know what I'm surprised hasn't been done? What? Here's how somebody could really raise the stakes. I mean, not that you should do this because you shouldn't. It's wrong and dangerous, and we, of course, are not telling you to do this, and CBS Radio does not approve of this behavior. I'm surprised somebody just hasn't done it where they just um they just full on like attach the balloons to their arm somehow where literally they just hold are holding on to the balloons and so they're just uh, you know uh, so that would hurt like, your arms after a while. I suppose, but maybe like a harness. You know what I mean? Like where you get like some kind of a vest. Oh. Uh, and then you just and so that way you don't have the chair. So because think of the, the visual, the the image, the graphic would look so much better of just a guy sort of looking like he's holding on to a thousand balloons, just sort of being lifted off his feet. I think it'd be much more interesting. Again, I'm not saying that somebody should do that, but it it would be. Would uh, the blood rush up and down and, and cause you to be unconscious? I suppose if you're but, in an upright position. But I guess I I, I, I guess. Know that. But I suppose the argument could be made that if you're really, I mean, how much if you're really the kind of guy who's going to hook thirty thousand balloons to something and float up to thirteen thousand feet in the air, mm-hmm. that like health isn't really priority one to you anyway. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show, sir. Madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick. Hello. Yes, it's you, sir. You're on a radio program speaking to thousands. Awesome. I always said I would never do this, but I got in with you. Hey, uh, who won the Multnomah County Commissioner race? Tim Riley. Which uh, one? Uh, Multnomah County, I believe. Diane McKeel is running, and uh, I'm not positive who will. Yeah, let's see here. I have them here somewhere. I'm just going to see how bad Multnomah County is going to get screwed this time. Give us one moment, sir. <laughs> one moment, please. Please stand by. Your political query will be answered in the order it was asked. Your questions are important to us. They are. Every single one of them. Please listen carefully as our menu options have recently changed. This call may be monitored for quality assurance. If you or someone you know suffers from scabies, there is a solution. Remember, it's flea and tick season out there. Lyme disease is a killer. Make sure to scrub each other thoroughly after arriving home after a long day of kayaking or whitewater rafting. Your approximate wait time is... Do we 30 have seconds. Your approximate wait time is 30. Sir, do you know any good jokes? Um, How about this one? Okay, so a piece of string goes into a bar. And the bartender says, hey, now, we don't serve pieces of string in this bar. You've got to get yourself on out. So the piece of string leaves. Piece of string goes outside. He sort of ruffles each end, ties himself in half, walks back into the bar. He says, I'd like a a scotch and soda, please. And the bartender says, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you that piece of string that I just refused to serve? And the piece of string says, no, I'm afraid not. Hey, I got one for you. Afraid not, yeah, sir. Yeah, no, we get it. Okay, uh, uh, which uh, are you inquiring about? C- commissioner Multnomah position County. one? Multnomah County Commissioner. Okay. Uh, let's see what we have here. Uh, we have uh, Jeff Bissonette. Uh, oh, wait, hey, no, he it. lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just got his hopes up. Somewhere out there. Amanda Jeff, Fritz. Jeff Bissonette was listening. Uh, Amanda never Fritz. Heard of him. Okay, well, uh, uh, let's see. We have uh, Nick Fish. I, I want Diane McKeel to win just because he's a friend of mine. But uh, maybe next time. If, yeah. if, if, if who you wanted who to win? 
Diane McKill. If Diane McKill's a good friend of yours, don't you suppose you could just call her and ask? No. She only got uh, 28% of the vote. How good a friend is she? A pretty good friend. She's working, though. So are we talking about uh, Diane McKeel? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, She lost. (laughs) Yeah, I got a joke for you. Carla Peluso won. (laughs) What is your joke, sir? All right, blonde redhead and a brunette sitting in the doctor's office. The uh, brunette goes in, comes out, says, uh, oh, I'm having a little girl. And the other two say, how do you know that? She says, well, the doctor asked me what position I was in, and I was on my back, so he says I'm having a girl. You know, sir, I think we're going to uh, we're going to end this joke now. <laughs> no, it's clean. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye now. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. I just saw and, that and because nobody asked, but I'll tell you anyway. Edward Jogling. Kill did not win. Damn you! Damn Edward you! Kill. Randy Leonard won. All right, I'm saying damn you to nobody in particular. I realized I got a sense that that joke was. I got a sense that that joke was going somewhere bad. Here's Tim Riley at the ministry. Like you're afraid not one. Yes. Any other election questions while I'm here? Are you asking me? Yes. No, I'm fine. Well, a Wisconsin teenager is facing felony child pornography charges for posting naked pictures of a 16-year-old ex-girlfriend on the MySpace. When contacted by police about the two images, Alex Phillips, who's 17, balked at removing the photos of the girl. Warned that he could face jail for publishing the images of a minor, he told the investigator, F that, I'm keeping them up. <laughs> Way to have spunk, kid. So uh, now he's in big trouble. So he, wow, he looks older than 17, doesn't he? Well, they always look older than 17, Tim. All right, let's see here. Oh, he looks like trouble, though. Yeah, he looks like... This... So he might as well start getting in trouble early, so at least people are warned. First of all, he's got no lips. He's got a head like a light bulb, and that haircut isn't doing him any favors. No. So I, at some point, I mean, I don't know what it is, because I know MySpace. Didn't MySpace, in some one of their terms of service, you can't put any nude photographs up there? Yeah. Don't you always wonder how they enforce that, though? I mean, they must just have to wait for somebody to complain. They're enforcing it now. I mean, yeah, I think that's the thing. Somebody must have to see it and complain to MySpace yeah, about it. This girl that has, like, pictures of her, um, who's a friend of a friend. And of she, her region? Yeah, she has a picture of, like, her, her bare butt. And right. then she also has a picture of, like, uh, the whole frontal region, except for, like... Her whole area? Little, like, but a little, like, cartoon thing, like, over the... Over the actual business? Like, but you could see everything but, like, a very small portion. I'm like... It, ew. You know, and that's going to follow her for the rest of her life. Exactly. Um, exactly. And don't. And here's a weird thing about that. Decent retail job with that. You'll never. You'll. You'll never rise above congressional page with that photograph. But here's the weird thing about that is somebody. You know that there are guys out there, and they are largely guys who do nothing but surf MySpace all the time, right-clicking and saving photographs of any hot or semi-nude girl they see just for like future use. You know what I mean? So your friend, even if she thought that nobody was really seeing it, or she thought, well, she, maybe she thought to herself, well, I'm not a celebrity, I'm not a public person, nobody will really know about this. There's an army of 15-year-old kids out there that have downloaded that photograph and they've got it filed away. And they're going to wait until she decides to run for vice president someday and then the photograph will come <laughs> I don't think this girl's going to be running for anything. Hmm. You never know. Here's Tim Riley. do change. A judge is wrecked. Reprimanded a British senior citizen who plagued his neighbors by repeatedly playing Born in the USA at high volumes and singing along at all hours. John Norman, who's 61, has been given a three week antisocial behavior order, whatever that might be. This after residents of his uh, retirement home complained. They told the court the, in uh, Northern England that they received 100 complaints about him singing Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. His punishment is designed for troublesome youths. It bans him from playing loud music for three whole weeks. 
They can also impose a further ban, and he can be jailed if he doesn't comply. Uh, the CMS says, hey, I just saw that picture of Richie's glorious mullet. I also noticed some sort of thing on his face. Has he been oozing pus out of his melon his entire life, or is his face just trying to get away from the mullet? I have many, many questions about this photograph. It is sort of an interesting picture. That's it. Uh, if you go to uh, myspace.com slash the Rick Emerson show, uh, you can see this picture of uh, Richie Bristol with a mullet, which really is uh, pretty righteous. Uh, let's see here. How about this? Uh, this is a story about a guy who fell on his face after the listener party and ended up with a head full of stitches. Oh. <laughs> ended up, he says, uh, Rick, it all started out fun and innocent. I planned on going to Emerson 11, but of course I didn't want to drink and drive, so in keeping with Emerson Vegas style, I just rented a flop house style room, and I won't say the name of the place. Uh, but he's, he's, he names a particular uh, lodging establishment uh, as his, quote, flophouse style room. And he says, even figured, even, and this is near the venue, he said, uh, I figured even if the worst happened, I could just walk there. Uh, Emerson 11 was the best show ever and best weather ever, and the downtown walking back uh, was the best ever. I should have stopped with the three Terminators and Hammerhead, but no. I stopped for, quick, for a quick four lemon drops at a bar. I proceeded to face plant on the sidewalk, and I ended up in the hospital after being unconscious with a head full of stitches. Now I have to relive it all anonymously, as everybody I know is listen to the Rick, uh, listens to the Rick Emerson show every day. I am much too old to act like this, but damn, uh, it was fun. Best show ever, anonymous with a head full of stitches. Well, I'm glad you can enjoy it through the pain, sir. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, listen to this. How old would you say the world's oldest dog is? Mm, uh, world's oldest dog. What kind of dog is it? This is a uh, pet Labrador cross. So it's a mix of Labrador. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, this dog's name is Bella, and his owner, David, Bought the mixed breed dog from the uh, Humane Society 26 years ago. Excellent. Wow. So that makes Bella's age more than 200 years in canine years. Wow. All right. So then. everyone is shocked to realize that this could be the oldest dog in the world. There was some story that came out yesterday uh, in California where that company has now announced that they can clone your dog. Oh, jeez. They just uh, they announced yesterday, we have dog cloning technology. So Laura and I immediately were online trying to see how much it would cost to clone Max. And it is, it is prohibitive. Uh, but, you know, that'll drop. That'll drop in future years. This dog is an American named Butch. He lived to be 28 years old. He passed away in 2003. This email says, hey, did you know that Sam Adams is gay? Just, just wanted to give you the heads up. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Nobody knew that. Uh, let's see here. Um, well, people are sending us all kinds of stuff about Sam Adams and, uh, and Tom Potter. Let's see. What else do we have? Hey, I guess um, the Sam Adams news made it on Perez Hilton today. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What? No, this is this bad news? Yeah, uh, is it bad? Hold uh, on a second. It did it for, for some people. All right, hold on a second. This is... Ah, that's No, that's not what I was looking for. Go ahead. The Oregon Court of Appeals has upheld the constitutional oh, amendment no, banning gay marriage. Come on! Before you even got three words out of your mouth, I knew what that was going to be. Are you kidding me? No, it just came out. The Oregon Court of Appeals has upheld the constitutional amendment banning gay marriage. The court rejected arguments by gay and lesbian couples that Measure 36 should be overturned because it amounted to a revision of a state law rather than an amendment to the state constitution. The amendment said that uh, only marriage between one man and one woman should be le uh, legally recognized in Oregon. One of the gay couples said the attorneys plan to appeal the case to the Oregon Supreme Court. Now, we're not talking about domestic partnerships here. We're talking about uh, banning gay marriage, so it's a different thing. I suppose it's. A, I mean, it is a different thing, legally speaking. But right. Still, I mean, from all of us uh, to everybody who keeps trying to get bent, that is a collective f off. 
uh, from everybody here. It all began in Massachusetts, then it spread to California, then it's coming here. Well, you know, here, but uh, I mean, I guess the only here's the only good thing about this. The only good thing. What what group of idiot, uh, tight ass busybodies were responsible for this? Did I don't say? remember it here now. I mean, the usual the usual group of repressed perverts and misfits. From Kentucky. Yeah. Those scared white people. <laughs> How angry do you get like when you see those one man, one woman bumper stickers? Oh man. I will I I'm not aggressive, but I will flip those people off and tailgate them and almost crash into them. I don't not that I would never ever do that. <laughs> I'm just speaking to you. I admit that on the air. I well you know what I do is I don't let them in when they want to merge. I'll tell you that. If I see someone with one man, one woman, you know what it is? you're gonna wait. You're gonna wait until I decide that it's okay for you to merge. Um well, don't even get me started. Well, I mean, we're, later on we'll do a high concept Wednesday about bumper stickers you hate. I mean, that really is like that. That I hate those for an entirely different reason. So, what is it that Sarah Jessica Parker says in Ed Wood? The usual, the usual group of uh, usual group of misfits and dope fiends. So, here's the only good thing about this. The only good thing about this is if you, if you take this, which just happened minutes ago, apparently, mm. and if you take the California thing. Which just happened a couple of days ago because the California thing is also not domestic partnerships. It's like full-on gay marriage, That's right? Correct. So the Supreme Court in California said, like, gays, go ahead and marry. All gays, marry now, which is great. As they do in Massachusetts. As they do in Massachusetts in right. defiance of God's law. And the difference between the California law and the Massachusetts law, if you want to be married to Massachusetts, you have to be a resident of Massachusetts. In California, you do not have to be a resident of California to get married there. So... Now, but what if you are from then, whatever, then Idaho, you legally, and you go get married in California? Then you were legally married in California. But but not when you go back home to Idaho. Correct. So here, so this is this really leads to it, the It's kind of like in Canada. It's the same thing. If, if you get married in Canada and you go home to another state, of course, your home state might not recognize it. But if you go to Canada, it is recognized. I didn't know that. I, I, guess, I guess that should actually make sense, that if I, if I were to get married in Canada that I would have to come back home and do all the paperwork again here in America. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, so here's the only good thing about this, is because of all of this insanity... Uh, and they always do it right before an election, you notice. Because of all this insanity about uh, about uh, about gay marriage, the only good thing is that in, inevitably it's going to end up in some huge U.S. Supreme Court smackdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's just, I mean, it, it has to eventually go there. That is the that is the only upside to any of this is that finally somebody's just going to have to step in and say like enough, enough. We're going to sort it out uh, right now. Jesus, I mean, one either has the protection of the Fourteenth Amendment or one does not. For the love of God Almighty, Richie, is this true? Do we have Sam Adams uh, on the warm line? <gasps> no. That Sam Adams? Some the Sam no. Adams? Mayor like Sam Adams? Is is busy as he must be today? Is this uh, Sam Adams of the I just creamed everybody else in last night's election Adamses? <laughs> this is Sam Adams, mayor elect. <gasps> wow. Sam How Adams, do we know? What mayor elect. A cruel joke. The People's Republic of Portland. No, Hello, I think sir. this is Sam Adams. This really is Sam Adams. Richie wouldn't deceive us. Uh, congratulations, my friend. First and foremost, how are you feeling today? Thanks. So I'm thrilled and uh, a little bit, a little bit tired. Um, so, uh, so is, what? Here's a dumb question because I've never really won anything ever in my life. Uh, <laughs> I never won anything that uh, you know that didn't have the words prize and booby attached to it. So, <laughs> so last night, I mean, so where, where, where were you when they called it for you last night? Um, I was uh, uh, in a hotel room at the Jupiter Hotel on uh, East Burnside and 7th. Uh, uh, that's where my uh, campaign party was happening. Fantastic. Way to hold it down for the east side, my friend. Good for you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so 
This sounds like a, probably a dumb kind of Barbara Walters question, but I mean, what goes through your head, what goes through the room, what goes through whatever when you see it? I mean, do you find out when you see it on TV with everybody else, or do you get a phone call? I mean, how does that, how does the yeah. conveyance work of the information? Uh, we had volunteers at uh, Multnomah County Elections, and they called us with the first uh, batch of voters, excuse me, votes counted, and it said that we were at 57% of about two-thirds of the ballots counted. And my, the first thought that went through my head is, boy, that's got to be wrong. That's way high. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, we, you know, double-checked, went online, um, and about 15 minutes later, one of the TV stations in the Oregonian projected me as the winner, uh, but still hadn't heard from uh, my opponent, and it's the tradition that uh, that the uh, person that that is uh, behind that wants to concede calls. But eventually, he uh, went on TV and and uh, conceded to showed it and very graciously conceded defeat, and and that's when I went out and uh, met with my supporters and uh, gave my victory speech. It was uh, it was just a fantastic moment. I, if you had told me. You know, growing up in Newport, Oregon, that uh, I ever would be mayor of the city of Portland, I would have laughed at you. Uh, we're talking to uh, Mayor-elect Sam Adams, and so, and just when when this happened, um, did you have a celebratory drink? And if so, what was your celebratory drink of choice, my friend? <laughs> Uh, we did have a celebratory toast. Um, I uh, had uh, New Deal vodka and soda on the rocks. Excellent. <laughs> That's all right. my drink. Did you get lime or no lime? Uh, olives. Olives. Right. Your, your stock Classic. continues to climb with us, sir. <laughs> oh, uh, I know. You. I know you got a billion things today. So, uh, so, so, thank you for for sharing uh, some time with us. Um, real quickly, this is a, a big, very broad question, but. Uh, you know, it, it, sometimes if people get elected or when they're sort of on the stump or the campaigning, you'll hear a lot of things like, in my first 100 days, I plan to, and then, like, insert long laundry list of things which may or may not happen. Um, 24-hour bathrooms, are they staying open? That, <laughs> it, A, A do, we get to, yes, do we get to keep using the bathroom anytime we want in downtown Portland? And, B, what else is on the immediate agenda for you uh, once you become a power broker for our fair city? Well, uh, to letter A, yes, uh, we're actually building more 24-hour restrooms downtown, thanks to the leadership of uh, Commissioner Randy Leonard. Excellent. And uh, B, you know, I, I focused on three uh, issues running for mayor from the day I announced, uh, lowering the 43% uh, eighth-grade uh, dropout rate. 43% um, of eighth graders drop out before graduating from high school. 21% of Portlanders uh, get by on a poverty wage. I want to improve on that. We have a million people being born and moving to the region. We're not ready for it. We need to get ready. That's what I'm going to focus on. All right, my friend. Congratulations again. you got to come by and uh, stop in the studio someday and talk to us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. You may, by the way, uh, as you go about the rest of your... Uh, We're not as creepy as Wednesday, we found. You may hear some sort of scurrilous, uh, low-level talk about how we were going on and on and on about your physical appearance and your hotness. The, I would oh, just disregard Lord, any such uh, talk. I, uh, I don't even want to know about that. I don't know how those... <laughs> if those rumors should reach your ears, I pay them no mind, my friend. And, and you know how honest he is? The other day, I was standing on the sidewalk next to Sam Adams, and somebody tempted him to jaywalk, and he refused to do so because he was afraid that he might be caught, and he did not jaywalk. This is right behind City Hall. <laughs> Another life saved. I'm uh, happy. All right, Sam Adams, Marilette, congratulations again, my friend, and we will talk to you very soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. There Bye -bye. you go. Thank you. There you go. That, that was, was, uh, was Sam Adams. So awesome. All right. Excellent.
I had to sort of address that at the end because God knows somebody's. You know, they were talking for like 40 minutes. Oh yeah, because you can get his email address just by like typing Sam Adams' email address. So probably you got tons of emails. You're Sam Adams. So I'm wondering, not that he's wearing, if he's going to continue to wear his glasses or if he's wearing contacts, because I've seen both versions of the picture. Now see, I went to Google Images. I'll see. Here we are. Now we're back on the Sam Adams. You know what? I still have my Google Images up. Ten seconds. He's off the phone, and we're talking about how hot he is again. Um, how nice and well spoken. Did we was. sound professional just now? I think we did. Yeah, yeah, that was really good with We've that booby and fries, Rick. Way to go! Way to go! Why don't you say booby again? Say I'm just, it, I'm just, you know, I'm saying it's a little, it's the verbal dexterity for which I'm known, Sarah. Right. Um, no, you sounded, you sounded great, and that is super exciting. I can't believe that was actually him. And uh, no, he was, you know, and he's not going to remember this phone call five minutes from now. So. We, I'd like to believe he was secretly listening. We we were well, you know what? I, I didn't mention this actually, but earlier Richie was like, "I just left a message for Sam Adams." Uh, this is after we told him not to call Tom Potter's people anymore. <laughs> um, and I didn't think anything. Well, he probably called back and said, "Who else is at City Hall today?" Um, but uh, is there anybody else around who's not doing anything? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but, but we had gone to the Google image uh, thing before looking for pictures of Sam Adams and all the first photographs I saw of him were, were with no glasses. That picture you showed me where he's sort of looking like pensive Russell Crowe, mm -hmm. that was the first bespectacled photo of his, uh, that I'd seen. I don't so. know. Glasses or none. I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn. I say, I do like the beard too. And it's like, do I like a bearded Sam Adams? Do I like a non-bearded? I don't think he needs a beard, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Da, 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 da. <laughs> See, I didn't make that joke when he was on the phone. He's, no, he, you know, I mean, he just, you know, he exudes smoothness and charm, that guy. Good for him. All right. Good for him having a mayor that exhibits nothing. No, and good for you, Richie. Thank you. That, see, Richie, one win like that blots out a multitude of sins. Really. I mean, if you do one thing right, we'll forgive any number of creepy, incorrect things that you've done. Richie, by the way, is, is trying to handle the machinations today of getting great white into the studio tomorrow. Uh, which is a, a little bit difficult. So What's we're, going on with that? Well, they want, like, well, we have six people. How are we going to get six people there? And I'm like, you know, I don't think we need all six guys from Great White in the studio, because why? Like, what would we possibly have six guys? I mean, there's just no, you know. There's not enough room. There's not enough room. There's not enough like mics. If they're going to perform, like, they can't do a full setup. So uh, Richie's been spending, I know this sounds crazy, in 2008, but he's been spending all day working on logistics for Great White. So the fact that he actually had time to get uh, Mayor like Sam Adams on the phone, is uh, is great. So and apparently, yeah, he did apparently come in and talk to Marconi last week. Yeah. So we will uh, we will have to have him in the studio at some point, and we'll have to see if he's just that gorgeous in person. And he did the so he did the Bishop's ad campaign where you know it looks like we're all um, it was just all about the hair. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a really good looking picture on the Bishop's uh, barbershop website too, where he's shirtless. Excellent. Uh, God, we are creepy. That's fine. You know, whatever. I'm zen with it. But really, I mean, let's. I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm. I'm not really speaking of anybody else in particular, but. You, figure, you picture if you're, if you're Sam Adams or anybody uh, like that who's running for office, think about all of the radio programs he's gone on. Think about all of the TV shows he's gone on. Think about all the newspaper people he's talked to. Think about every, like, uh, think about every, like, weird, creepy, pasty, smelly blogger he's had to talk to. Uh, think about every strange, uh, like, mouth-breathing, uh, uh, you know, person on the street who wants to stop him and ask him anything. I mean, I... We could have spent, I mean, we could have spent that entire segment on the phone with him uh, just, like, uh, telling body knock-knock jokes, and we still would not have been as weird or creepy as probably, like, 90% of the people <laughs> he has to talk to. So true. It is true. All right. Uh, well, fantastic. What time is it? Jesus. It's I don't know. We peaked. We had Sam Adams on the program. We might as well just call it a week. Day. Just go home. All right. And on his first day after being elected. Let's hear it for us. All right. Thank you. That's all I got. All right. Here's Tim Riley.
when Yosuke, the parrot, flew out of his cage and got lost, he did exactly what he had been taught. He recited his name and address to a stranger willing to help. You see, police rescued the African great parrot two weeks ago from a neighbor's roof in the city near Tokyo. After spending the night at the station, he was transferred to a nearby veterinary hospital where police searched for clues. He kept mum with the cops, but began chatting away after a few days with the vet. I'm Mr. Yozaki, the bird told the veterinarian. <laughs> the parrot also provided his full name, down to the street number, and even entertained the hospital staff by singing songs. <laughs> we, we checked the address, and you know what? The family really lived there, so we told them we found Yusaki. Uh, the family told police they've been teaching the bird his name and address for about two years, and uh, he wasn't keen about talking to the cops, so we tried to be friendly and talk to him, but he completely ignored us. You know, my pet would never do anything that helpful. Like, if Max was lost and they found him somewhere, I mean, all he would do is just pee on something and then chew on something valuable. That's it. He wouldn't help at all. Uh, let's see. This email says, gay marriage, Rick. Uh, how the F uh, do these homophobes think they are protecting traditional marriage? As a person in a hetero marriage, Rick, I would like to say that my marriage has never been threatened by any gay couple, to my knowledge. Has yours? Uh, signed, Mary. No, I don't believe so. I can't. I can count on actually zero fingers the number of times I've been walking down the street and have uh, had it, you know, have had it threatened. All right. In any event. All right. Uh, it's uh, 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Two nine seventy. Here is Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Well, it looks like Stephen Tyler has checked into Las Encinas Hospital, the rehab facility where Doctor Drew practices in Pasadena. Mm. That's all we know at the moment. An Avada company has created the Bippy. It is a personal cleaning product aimed at decreasing toilet paper consumption. Uh, Warren Smith has invented this uh, Bippy. It, the product is designed to clean your backside more efficiently than toilet paper. Wait, what? Hold on. Let's we just let's stop for one second here. It's called a what? A biffy. And it does a what thing to the who now? Cleans your backside better than toilet paper. Your backside? You mean uh, you mean my shoulders? No. You mean like the behind small, your knees. Of, the small, the small of my behind my knees, Tim? Yes. My calves. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Little, yeah, between between your head and your calves, there's something that the biffy. Would uh, come in handy for it. Nobody really wants to. You're talking about you're talking about my Achilles heel. Right across that posterior. Okay. Uh, the product provides a practical, more natural way to be clean while reducing the average family's toilet paper consumption up to 75 percent. Uh, the Biffy mechanism hides under the toilet seat and sprays an antibacterial concoction with a nozzle. Ew. Mm-hmm. That is placed to uh, suit the user's uh, uh, preference. <laughs> the water needed to operate a Biffy is uh, nominal compared to the amount of toilet paper that is saved. So it's a bidet. Kind of. But uh, how but with, is it? With antibacterial spray. So it's a bidet that sprays your... It sprays... Uh, the back of your knees. Sp- <laughs> well, I was... Seeing I was going to say anus because it's funnier there, but... Um, so it's... So it's a bidet that sprays your region with, like, Purell, basically. Yeah. That's so it's stingy. a... Seriously, it doesn't seem... Doesn't it, wouldn't there be some drying that would happen after that? No, they're just testing it. Okay, so this isn't a thing I can buy now. No. All right. Not yet. Anyway. Has anybody here used a bidet? Remember we had a bit on the show, like, years ago, where I had never used a bidet, and I went and used one at my friend's work. I don't remember that. Yeah. I remember having the discussion, but I remember you actually going and using one. I did indeed. All right, how did you feel about it? I didn't like it so much. All right. Because, um... I, I, felt, I felt a little unclean. I mean, uh, well, because... Okay, it's just now, like water. I hate to be revisiting this because apparently we've already done this whole discussion some years back. But when you use a bidet, what kind of pressure are we talking about? Not very much pressure. It's like a, it's like a light trickle. 
And this is for um, both or just the second? I, if I, you're a woman, this is just for the second? No, I didn't. I, I don't know. I just, I didn't use it for that. Oh, wait, I see. Oh, so did you use it without having need to use it, is my question? Well, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I I think I used the facilities. I don't really remember. It was so long ago, but I just remember the fact of using it. Okay. It just seems like, unless it's like a full-on fire hose, it seems like just the trickle of water isn't going to really you do a whole remove lot. remove graffiti from yeah, Exactly. Power, you're power spraying it away like blood off a southeast Portland sidewalk. Um, so, well, whatever. And then there's a whole, like, drying that's got to take place, right? There was air with and, that one. Oh, really? So there's air. There's so it's like a blow dryer built into it. So there isn't. Those things don't work. So it's not like the bidet and then tissue to dry, because then it would be like an environmental wash, yeah. I would think. It, would, it wouldn't be any point. All right. So, well, all right. So the Biffy, which cleans the back of your knees with some sort of aerosol hydro cleaning thing is whatever. Here's Tim Riley. A brand new jellyfish has been discovered inside a seahorse exhibit in Australia, and it's a little bit different than your uh, traditional jellyfish. It has its mouth on its underside, and its anus is wrapped around its brain. <laughs> so bring the kids. I've known people like that. Mm-hmm. It looks more like a flat uh, flatworm than a jellyfish, and it moves by gliding across the uh, seagrass. Uh, it's an evolutionary species. It lost its ability to sting. It lost its ability to swim. It's not a very good jellyfish. It's more jellyfish go. What with the brain inside the anus and all. Right. So I guess there's nothing that can be done to correct that outside of plastic surgery, but I, I, I would imagine that's an expensive process. It's a Man, whatever you don't don't Google image jellyfish. Why? Oh, Do you, are you unnerved by jellyfish? Yes, I hate uh, jelly. Why? I, I hate o- octopi. Octopi and jellyfish. They scare me. They scare me. Did you have a bad incident with one as a child? No, I remember. Well, I told you before, like about my grandfather. When we were at the aquarium on the coast and I was a little girl, uh, he stuck his hand in the jellyfish or in the octopus tank. Yes. And it wrapped itself around his arm and we got kicked out. But um, I don't know. I've always been scared of him. I, I think also, too, when I read the Guinness Book of World Records and some of the biggest jellyfish in the world are underneath the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. All right, then. And you were always afraid that, like, one of them would just reach up and grab your car. Yes, I've been just... swimming, yeah. I've been swimming near that area before, and I felt something brush against my leg. <laughs> ah. It's like, can I, so like, my friend Ellen, we were growing up, and she was in the Columbia River, uh, which at that point I don't think was quite as filthy as it is now, but still filthy. So I don't know why you get in the Columbia River regardless. But she was in the Columbia River, uh, and I think she was water skiing or something during the summer in Kennewick. Uh, and so she's water skiing, and... You know, it's the thing where she wiped out, and she's sitting there kind of floating in the Columbia River waiting, and you can already see where the story's going. She's floating in the Columbia River waiting for the dad to do the, like, the long, you know, the long loop around with the boats to come back and get her. And as she described it, um, she doesn't know exactly what it was, but as she described it, as she's sitting there bobbing up and down in the Columbia River and, like, waiting for the dad to come back around on the speedboat, that she just felt something long and uh, some long and hard and cold just slowly brush up against her as it swam past. Oh, God, that is my nightmare. And so the assumption is that it was like a sturgeon, which is that's terrifying because they're dinosaurs and they got huge, they're big, like weird, platy fish things that'll kill you. So, yeah, you don't want to think about that. Here's the oh, place. Look at these, these pictures. Are, I'm, I'm getting nervous. Like, I've actually pulled up my feet. I can't, I don't like looking at them. When would you be more nervous? Uh, in the, you know, by the, uh, in that Puget Sound area there or having Sam Adams in the studio staring at you with those icy blue eyes? Oh, I'd say, no, I'm excited to meet Sam Adams. Are you yeah. kidding? No, no, um, oh, just like thinking about being in the middle of the water. Like Can that. I tell you the water that freaks me out? Uh, the water that sort of unnerves me is when you're in Seattle down at the pier uh, and you're looking right into Puget Sound. 
uh, like if you're down there. The Bremerton Ferry. Yeah, it, 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 if you're down there by like Ivers Fish Bar or like uh, you know like uh, any like the novelty shops or anything that are down there, and you look over and there's the pier and it looks to be just held up by like telephone poles, mm-hmm. and it's just like the water's all gray and sloshing around on those telephone poles down there that are holding up the whole pier, and you just think about like what is in there, like what's down in among that mass of like wooden poles holding yeah, up this whole place. Tough. Seriously, there are things down there that God doesn't. Uh, the God well, I know how know dirty. About. I mean, and it's connected to Bre- you know, it's the same water that you know I've swam in in Bremerton. <laughs> I've seen the poles in Bremerton. They're just like covered with starfish and weird creatures. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Time for Clergy Watch. Here's your Clergy Watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Tim Riley with your clergy watch for Wednesday. A minister from a Detroit area Baptist megachurch was caught in an internet sex sting and charged with online solicitation of a minor. Joe Barron is a minister for married adults at uh, Prestonwood Baptist Church. You have to be a you have to be married to go here. Is that what, what? this is? And I like the idea that he's from a place. Don't want the single folk tempting him. That he's from a place called Prestonwood. Uh, so he was posing as a 13 year old girl. Of course he was. Uh, and uh, he's 52. He was at it for about two weeks. The online conversations were sexual in nature. Barron suggested meeting a girl in person. He, he uh, eventually made the 200-mile drive to Byron, and then he was arrested. They found a webcam and condoms in his car. Uh, uh. Uh, he's one of 40 ministers at the Preston Baptist Church, one of the largest churches in the country with 26,000 members. He ministers to married adults. Of course. Uh, Mike Buster, the executive pastor, said in the statement the church had no record or knowledge of previous improprieties. Or saw any inappropriate behavior for the 18 month that he was on the uh, church staff. All right, there you go. There's your clergy watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Man of God. Uh, this email says, are you kidding me? We have a gay mayor. That means that Sam Adams can tell us how to live, make policy for our city, run the police department, but actually can't get married while serving the people, the same people that now will not let him have a marriage. Uh, and he says, uh, not only is this un-American, but it makes my three appearances as a maid of honor null and void. Well, hmm. it is America. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello? Jesus. Hello, hi. Hey, Rick. Hey, um... I was wondering, uh, did you vote for Sam? Did all of you vote for Sam? Well, only because I was hoping to impress him. Well, I'm not going to discuss who I voted for. It would be improper to discuss that, sir. Well, I was just uh, wondering if you uh, if you did vote for him, did you vote for him uh, because he was good looking? I just tried to follow Dave's Inn's example in all of my votes. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, what about you, want... sir? Yeah, I voted for Sam. Is it because of his uh, obvious... It is because of the piercing blue eyes, is it not? And, and because of his obvious physical prowess? Uh, I voted for him because he looks a lot like me, and I'm kind of in love with myself. <laughs> I love you. I'm giving you an air hug right now. If we can't get Sam Adams to come down to the studio, will you come down and just sit here and stare at Sarah? Yeah, I will. All right, actually, you I'll rule. Just sit down. I'll take my shirt off, too. Well, all right. I like what yeah. we're hearing. It's a plus hey, for uh, everybody. I had one other question. Um, um, how do you guys feel about, you know, your, your uh, sophisticated, very intelligent program coming right before uh, Tom Likas? Uh, we're big fans of Tom Likas. Huh? 
<laughs> Thank you. Can you say that again? In, in what sense, sir? Uh, I don't know. I just uh, I listened I listened to Tom for a while, huh? and uh, he's kind of really depressing. <laughs> well, Tom, I was really into him for like about a couple months, and it was really good. And then uh, and then I, I listened then, to him a lot more than I listened to you guys. Black into your soul. And uh, he's just well. It's certainly not for everybody. I think blocking some souls. I had I had an ex-boyfriend who I, I saw a huge change in him when he started listening to Tom. Lynch. We actually had. I mean, I think Tom would tell you, uh, and I think this is a fair statement. But Tom is trying to talk like Tom. I think Tom would tell you uh, that his show is certainly not for everybody. We actually uh, there's uh, there's a guy who I won't name, even though he doesn't work here anymore. There's a guy that we used to work with who was board up he would board up the Tom Lika show uh, a couple days a week and so he heard Tom every single day and I yeah. think he said that after working on the Lika show for a while he said he really started to uh he, he doesn't he, work here anymore. No, does he, he? he started telling his girlfriend to get bent. Like at one point, his girlfriend he, was, he turned into an ass. <laughs> he came through. Like, like, you're lucky to have. Like, why don't you get in the kitchen and make me some food, woman? So I'll say that. Having been said, uh, we've had Tom on the show. Tom's come uh, to town. Uh, we've had Tom on our program with us. And Very I different you, in person. Is, and one of the and really honestly, and I'm, this is not me saying this because I work here. This is it's true. Tom's one of the smartest guys you will ever meet in your life. So, all right, my friend. Thank you so much. There you go. Thank you. Oh, damn it. Nope. Oh, I was trying to do a little sound effect there. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Um, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. I've got a thing about Gary Kasparov. Do you see this thing about Gary Kasparov being hit in the head with a penis? Yeah, I do. We talked about it yesterday. I don't think so. I think we teased it but never got to it. We should make sure we do that sometime today. Well, let's do it then. All right. Well, uh, do you want to do it now? Sure. Here's your penis watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Pro. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Former Chess Supremo and Kremlin critic Gary Kasparov. I must have felt like a pawn in a larger political game after his speech he was given last weekend, after he was interrupted by a radio-controlled flying penis. The below-the-belt disruption is thought to be a real-world copycat version of a similar, a virtual attack perpetrated in December 2006 by cyber vandals in the multiplayer online world game, Second Life. According to the Moscow Times, the prank was staged by a couple of pro-Kremlin young Russia activists. About 500 fellow opponents of the Kremlin were in attendance for Kasparov's address to uh, unite opposition political forces at a rally in Moscow, when the helicopter uh, rotor-assisted member made an unscheduled appearance. So a penis with a helicopter on it, mm -hmm. or a propeller on it, yes. flew and hit Gary Kasparov in the head. Yes. All right, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't even know the Kremlin still existed. Yeah. It's I mean, what does the Kremlin do now? Well, it's still a big building, and people have meetings there. Oh, so it's just still like the White House. So it's not the Kremlin, the figurative Kremlin uh, doesn't exist, like the old Politburo and everything, or oh, whatever they were called. Oh, no, like somebody holding someone's hand, making them wave? Yes, exactly. Like they're wearing those, those old hats when they've been dead for like three years? So like the, like the old Soviet sort of Senate doesn't exist, but the actual building... I think it's called the Duma. So when they talk about the Kremlin now, they're really honest. They're just talking about the physical structure. Whatever the, the thing is. All yeah. right. Well, Gary Kasparov's kind of an ass anyway, so. You know, he deserves a penis. Yeah, F that guy. Everyone deserves a penis, Tim. Uh, there's your penis watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. A penis in every home when I am elected. Sarah just gave, like, the yeah fist punch. 
I should read this, then we'll do a couple more, then we'll take a break. Uh, calls around the corner, more news from Tim Riley, Mr. Skin. Uh, this person wishes to remain anonymous. It just says, um, I'm sorry about the idiots I'm associated with that voted against same-sex marriage. I've gotten into many, many, many discussions with acquaintances of mine, and every time I ask them specifically how gay marriage will affect them, it's just a whole lot of nonsense and bluster. There are some of us religious folks that realize what other people want to do with their lives is their business, not mine. If I don't want the government telling me who I can or can't marry, I shouldn't want them uh, to dictate it to other people either. So this is a uh, a religious person apologizing on behalf of uh, uh, other religious folks. So, uh, all right, there you go. Uh, let's do a couple of these, then uh, a couple more news stories, and then we will proceed with today's program, which will be gripping and entertaining. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Speak now and be heard by thousands. Hey, everybody. Hey. So, uh, you guys were all uh, uh, saying how great your um, your bumper music was. Yes. And I agree, every song you have in that library is fantastic. But you're missing some, especially considering the listener base. You don't have any video game music. Uh, I think we do. Well, let's see. Do we have any video game music? We have somewhere, although maybe it doesn't currently rotate. We had like a techno, it was like a sort of a dance floor remix of the Pac-Man theme that I think played at one point. But you're right. We may not actually. We might not have any. I mean, we have that we that we use for incidental things like we had uh, the Halo music that we used for some contest at one point. We had some Dance Dance Revolution stuff that we've played before, but you're right, not not as bumper music specifically. Do you have suggestions, sir? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, at least one of the songs strongly reminds me of uh, some of the GoldenEye music right. uh, for the 64. GoldenEye. You know, you want to talk about a game that has developed just the weirdest cult following over time, and also a game that really showed how even with a relatively limited amount of memory and CPU power, you could do a multiplayer game correctly. Oh, man, that game is so great. I mean, no, GoldenEye, I mean, how long ago is that? That's over a decade, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, that, yeah, GoldenEye has, uh, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily grown, but it certainly has retained uh, its player base. And I mean, yeah, and that's that's 11 years ago. Uh, so, all right, GoldenEye, any other suggestions for video game music that ought to be made into bumpers, sir? There's got to be something from Final Fantasy. There's a billion songs from okay. that series. Goldeneye, Final Fantasy. Um, we, at one point, and again, not as bumper music, uh, for some contest we did a while back, we were using a bunch of Silent Hill music because it's all kind of freaky and weird sounding. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you, my friend. Anything else today? Uh, no. No, I think I'm good. All right. Uh, are you spreading the word about the program? Oh, yes. I'm uh, trying to get people to come to the party tonight. The showing of... Oh, um, the... Yes. Indiana Jones. All right. Yeah. yeah um, all it's all it's it's weird. I think. But so if you heard about it, then we can't. Yeah. I about we've it. apparently been. Uh, somebody has sent a letter or made a phone call about something. We're apparently not supposed to discuss that anymore. Really? I don't know. There's but a conflict of interest. I am not saying anything about any about Oklahoma Smith and the Empire of the uh, Glass Ribcage. Yes, uh-huh. Oklahoma. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Bye yeah. now. Oklahoma. But I mean, for the people who did hear it, it is still happening, right? We just can't discuss anything can't further discuss anything about that. Oklahoma Smith Oklahoma and Smith. the empire of the glass ribcage. Here's Tim Riley. Shh. No one says anything. Well, George Michael is uh, set to surprise American Idol fans watching the show's finale tonight. He's going to perform live. He's rumored to be the big draw of the two-hour finale. Earlier this week, it was revealed that the biggest star in the world is coming to close out the current series of the talent show. 
It'll also feature a performance by Carrie Underwood, who was recently voted the Best Idol winner ever. Meanwhile, uh, Fox has won the uh, TV season, as opposed to all the other networks. Uh, Fox led all the networks with 4.2 ratings. Well, that's not very big, is it? No, it's not, Tim. Followed by uh, ABC. Wait, is that a rating or a share? Uh, that's a share. Rating. A 4.2 share? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 4.2? Mm-hmm. The rise of DVR playback is another big story, with respondents in one in four homes now watching programs on their own timetables. So this is wow. changing. Yeah. That is astonishing. Yeah. 4.2 share for Fox. Right. And that's the, considered the big win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that everybody uses this example to death that, that, uh, of the final MASH episode, which is on CBS. But didn't that have like a 52 share? Yeah. I mean, I know that that's a special case because it's like the highest rated thing ever. But I mean, wow, that is really astonishing that it's 4.2 share. Well, you know what it is? That's sort of like how with the record industry now. How you'll hear these, you know, the new Mariah Carey album shatters records for this year with 18,000 copies sold. I mean, where's like, you know, that NSYNC record sold like a million or something when it was first week of release. Wow. Rick, when you talked to Sam Adams, you forgot to say in a high-pitched, girly voice, oh, my God, I think you're so hot, Sam. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, maybe next time. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. There's no need for sarcasm, miss. Hi, hello. Hey. Hey. Well, I was I was uh, swimming off the coast of Florida. This is going back to the thing about uh, stuff in the water. Yes, sir. Man, let's um, make sure Sarah's listening to this. I'm sorry. He's talking about evil things that lurk in the water to kill you. Oh, God, no. So I was swimming in, on the Gulf Coast of Florida, right? Lots and lots of people around, so it's not like it was a, an unusual occurrence. But Wait, where were you swimming? The Gulf Coast of Florida. Oh, damn it. In your face. <laughs> and uh, there's signs everywhere that say, make sure you shuffle your feet everywhere you go to up the sand around you because the stingrays will bury themselves under the sand. <laughs> if you step on them without giving them the warning that you're coming, uh. they will sting you. And uh, so you have to shuffle your feet, kick up sand, make sure that you scare them away because at any moment you might step on one. Well, you know, they do the same thing in Arizona. Yeah. Where you're, if you get up in the middle of the night in Arizona to use the bathroom or whatever, you're supposed to slide your feet across the floor to kick the scorpions out of the way. All right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. No problem. By the way, somebody noted a couple, two things here. A couple, two things. Boy, I just became a, my old my old hick self again there. I got a couple, three things to talk to you about. Uh, one. What are you going to tell us? <laughs> Tim, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be jawing at you about a few things here uh, on the radio uh, t- the program. Uh, a, do you realize that within six months we could have a gay mayor and a black president? Yeah, that's genius. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty happening time in which to live. It is. Things are becoming demonstrably righteous. Uh, secondly, this, uh, this is an email it says about that Biffy. I don't like anything. <laughs> I don't like anything that hides under my toilet and jumps out to shoot things at my anus. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Best email of the day. Let's do one more story, and then we'll take a break. So the uh, boy band mogul, Lou Pearlman, has been sentenced to 25 years in a federal pen. Uh, this for running a lately systematic con job that artificially inflated his net worth and cheated people out of $300 million. How do you keep doing that? Apparently he did it for quite some time. Uh, see, for every million dollars he puts back in investors' pockets, he gets one month off his sentence. Since the sentence is for 300 months, he can avoid prison altogether if he forks up the cash right now. Well, okay, then. He's, uh, 53. He was once considered the toast of Orlando. Doesn't get much better than that, I guess. His financial empire once included the popular music bands, the Backstreet Boys, and NSYNC, 
an airline charter business, and Church Street Station, a piece of real estate on Orlando's downtown. He admitted to running a scam. He pled guilty to two counts of conspiracy, one count of money laundering, one count of making false claim at a bankruptcy hearing. Charges worth a maximum of 25 years in the pen. All right. He's a really bad guy. Uh, let's see here. Oh, and he's just, he's just like all blubbery and pink and horrible. Smelly and horrible. I mean, just look at him. Doesn't, can't you just tell that guy smells? Oh, yeah. You can look at him and you can just tell. That's a guy who tries to scrub uh, the stink away, but it never quite, you know. It's always just, it's a layer of uh, sort of uh, aerosol cleaning products overlaying the smell. You know what he smells like? He's like, he smell. I bet he smells like a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Lou Perlman. That's kind of what it is. Or hospital. Where it's like funk with an overlayer of okay, like the bad... Okay, we can stop analyzing that. I'm now. just saying, maybe as though a pork chop that's been left in the sun for long periods of time. I wouldn't know what that smells like. Ah, golden eye. Right. And we need to break. It's almost 140. Oh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Mr. Skin around the corner. Coming up later on, the top five. More from Tim Riley. And we'll do High Concept Wednesday. There, there's the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. More great bumper music here. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. I once tried to make a radio edit of this song so we could use it as a bumper into break. But it's like... It was just constant profanity. Racial slurs. There was just no way... And like... You know, and Jay-Z just has that, like, non-stop flow, and it was just... I, I gave up after about 40 minutes of trying to edit this down, so that was not going to work. So we settled for the instrumental version. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Oklahoma Smith and the Empire of the Glass Ribcage. Tonight. Tonight. Jesus. Don't even get me started. We'll talk... We'll, we'll tell... You have to kind of try and see the the hilarity in this. It I am so seeing the hilarity. Stupid. <laughs> we were... Let me put it this way. This morning, uh, and in fact, up until about half an hour ago, we were promoting uh, our appearance and presentation appearance at and presentation of the world premiere of a movie, a movie that everybody's talking about this week, a movie that has got a lot of buzz, uh, a movie that uh, the big movie we'll all be seeing uh, is starting tonight at midnight and on through the weekend. That movie, of course, being Oklahoma Smith and the Empire of the Glass Ribcage. Heard very good things about it. Very good. Very we good were things. then uh, told uh, very brusquely by some folks at a uh, at a movie studio at Predominant Pictures. Predominant Pictures told us uh, that we were no longer allowed to discuss uh, Oklahoma Smith and the Empire of the Glass Ribcage. Although they still want people to Although go to it. They still want people to go there, but we're not actually allowed to mention the title or talk about it. For the love of Christ. All right. The love of God Almighty. Are we talking to Mr. Skin here, or are we, uh, I say, looking at the, um, with the whole... Well, let me just kill a, let me kill a few minutes here.
Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Radio Program from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. How are you, my friend? Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's uh, what's up in the world of nudity? Um, I have a... Actually, I ask you a question now before you can even answer. I'm going to jump right on top of you with this. Morgan Fairchild, go. Oh, The Seduction, 1982, one of the great... Uh, Skinny dip scenes slash voyeur scenes of all time. She was a newswoman in the movie, and Andrew Stevens stalked her. And uh, it's one of my favorite nude scenes of the 80s. Because I, we were just talking about Morgan Fairchild last week, I think, and how, you know, in Hollywood it's sort of a cliche that a lot of times people don't age or they get plastic surgery or whatever. But, I mean, seriously, you look at a photograph of her from when she was on, uh, was it Falcon Crest that she was on? Yeah, uh, well, she was on a few shows. Uh, Falcon Crest was one. Flamingo Road was another. Flamingo Road. Yeah. Uh, if you look at her at 28 years old and you look at her now when she's almost 60, I think, I mean, she really doesn't, it's not even that she's aging in reverse, she's just not aging. I mean, right. she looks stunning even now. That looks good. Where did you see her that you... you, you um, I think TMZ had some shot of her, uh, you know, on the red carpet somewhere at some event, and I looked and I thought, well, that's insane. She can't possibly look that good. But these were sort of candid shots. These weren't necessarily, I mean, she was made up, but these weren't staged. Right. And I went online and was kind of looking at some shots of her from, from kind of back in the day. And she still looks very good. Let me ask you this. I know that you have, uh, how do I put this? I have Mr. Skin, what is the oldest nude scene or shot you've got that you would say is still enjoyable Oh, without enjoyable. without without okay. being like a without being like a fetish well, let me, let me shot. Start by saying the oldest nude scene of all time at our site is Jessica Tandy in a movie called Camellia that uh, happened when she was 84 years old. To put this in perspective, it was four years after Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. So she went for a skinny dip in this movie. It's the oldest nude scene at our site. Now the oldest nude scene that is um, enjoyable, um, honor. Blackman, uh, a girl who, uh, she's an English actress, did a topless scene when she was 50 that I'll, I'll put up against any uh, nude scene I've ever seen. Um, that was good. Uh, th there's been a few. Uh, Jessica Lange did a movie when she was 50 called uh, a Shakespeare film called uh, uh, Titus in which she was naked. She's 50 years old. Uh, she looked good. You, you, you rarely get uh, ones. Helen Mirren did one where I think she was 56. Uh, where she was naked and still, in my opinion, looked good. So it happens, but um, it doesn't happen a lot. But uh, some of these actresses do age well. Excellent. What is, uh, what's up new uh, in your world this week? Well, I wanted to mention Iron Man still up there is one of the big movies in theaters. Um, I never mentioned uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is one of the stars of that uh, film. And um, it's important to note that uh, Gwyneth... Um, uh, is not naked in Iron Man, but she did do a movie called Shakespeare in Love back in 1998, and um, about 47 minutes in, she gets in uh, bed with the bard and uh, uh, shows off her to-be or not-to-be cups in that. So Gwyneth Paltrow in uh, Iron Man, you could see her naked in a movie called Shakespeare in Love. There's a, a film she's in that's appearing at the Cannes Film Festival, which she's uh, topless in, too. So we're going to get some more nudity from uh, Gwyneth Paltrow sometime uh uh, later, hopefully in 08, maybe early 09, and uh, that's always good. And uh, just wanted to finally mention that Two and a Half Men Season 3 is out on DVD. And if you follow the show, there's a, a busty neighbor, uh, uh, Charlie Sheen's neighbor, played by Melanie Linsky. And, uh, Melanie where, Linsky from Heavenly Creatures. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. I was going to say people might remember from that where she had a brief topless scene with Kate Winslet in the bathtub. But um, if you really want to see a great topless scene of her, check out a movie she did in 2006 called Park. Forty minutes in, um, she is uh, 
topless, and uh, she is very well endowed in the chess department, so check that out. Two and a Half Met is uh, season three is out on DVD this week. Excellent. All right, my friend, as always, a pleasure. We will talk to you next week, sir. All right, Rick, take there care. There you go. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Let me say this, by the way, Melanie Linsky, who's hot in sort of a weird, crazy girl kind of way. Uh, she does have crazy eyes. You've seen Heavenly Creatures, have you not? Are you kidding didn't me? didn't really sell it to me very well when there's like a naked girl-on-girl bathtub. I don't even really remember that um, that scene he's talking about. I don't, I don't believe I have. Heavenly Creatures with, you'd know it. Uh, it's the movie Peter Jackson did. It was the movie that put Peter Jackson on the map that got him the Lord of the Rings gig. Who's in it? Um, Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky, was a, she was kind of you know famous in New Zealand, I think, as a child actress. But, um, but it was Kate Winslet's breakout role, too. It was, it, was the role that, it was the role that got Kate Winslet Titanic, actually. Okay. It is based on a true story. Uh, I will, I'll tell for like 30 seconds, then we'll go to the news here. Um, based on a true story, I'm giving nothing away because it's one of those movies that starts at the end. Mm. Uh, it is a true story about two teenage uh, female friends, two girls, who are best friends growing up in New Zealand. It's a famous case down there. Best friends, the parents of each of the girls decide that their relationship, without really much evidence, they decide that their relationship is too close. And this is the 50s. Kind of like Anne of Green Gables. It's, yeah, this is in the 50s. And the parents, the parents start to believe that maybe the girls have an unnatural friendship. And so the parents say, well, we're going to split you up. And so the girls get together and they kill one of the mothers. And um, and it was a, it's a true story happened in New Zealand uh, where they're like we don't want to be split up so let's kill one and so out of anger they they get together and they kill one of the mothers. Jeez, I want. It is. I have to tell you this. Peter Jackson made it. It is. I don't really remember. I don't think you can see anything. I think he might. I hate to say this might be wrong about that. I don't think you can see anything in that. But it's it is. I will say this. But heavenly, ask Joni about it. Heavenly creatures is perfect. It's perfect. It is one of the very very few films I could come up with that is flawless. And I have to tell you, it is. Anybody who's seen Heavenly Creatures, you know what I'm talking about. It is devastating. I mean, it is it destroys you. You watch it, and at the end of it, I mean, it's a beautiful film in its way. Not the same way as Requiem for a Dream, but it's that same kind of where at the end of the film you are just, I mean, you just you're just you're just shattered. I mean, it, it's beautiful. It is a perfect, perfect film. Uh, it's, no, I it's, never want to see it. No, no, no. It's beautiful. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's a Requiem for a Dream thing, but I'm saying it's just he he really nails what it's like to have those very, very close adolescent friendships and then to sort of have it go wrong. Um, and it's not like it's not like a violent film. It's not, you know, it, it's whatever. It's just very emotionally. It's uh, it's an amazing film. You really, really, really ought to see it. I mean, really, I cannot beseech people strong enough. Uh, to see Heavenly Creatures, so it's fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Hillary Clinton compares herself to a slave. Are you kidding me? Oh, boy. Because they're not giving her the delegates from Florida and Michigan, so she compared it to those seeking to free the slaves and win the right to vote for blacks and women. Please tell me we have audio of her. Not yet. I'm still looking for it. This just came down. You know what? I'm, I'll just prepare that for Hillary Clinton comparing herself to a slave. All right. Uh, she sounded like a modern-day history professor praising the abolitionists, suffragettes, and civil rights pioneers and talked about her own efforts to fight legislative redistricting. And she said all this is diluting minority voting power. Mm-hmm. This work to extend the franchise to all our citizens is a core mission. She talked about the voting rights, fighting discrimination at the ballot box, and lowering the voting age. Uh, she also says she's fighting for multilingual ballots, so your voice may be heard no matter which language you speak. Once again, Hillary Clinton comparing herself to a 
slave waiting to be freed. You will note that... I mean, that doesn't even, I mean, that just sounds absurd. It is absurd. You know, sometimes on message boards, you'll see things where, you know, like people will say, like, video or it didn't happen. I demand audio on this at some point because even by Hillary Clinton standards, that sounds insane. I mean, even even the things that come out of that woman's head, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound insane or, or, or plausible in any way. So, anyway, I will also skip the joke about how many people believe Hillary Clinton herself to be a multilinguist. Here's Tim Riley. Hmm. Well, Fox, as we told you earlier, has renewed The Simpsons for the 20th season. Yes, it was on for the first time in 1989. And the voice talent is asking $500,000 per episode instead of the current $363,000. You know they'll get it, too, because at this point, I mean, you do, they have more leverage than any group of voice actors in history. Yes. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, they, they, I remember that, you know, the last time they did some sort of a, we're not going to work until you pay us the whatever, and Fox tried to hold out, and then they caved after like an hour. Because, you know, there's because you can't replace, I mean, they actually, they referenced that in one episode after the strike was over, mm-hmm. where they're at the kitchen table and they somehow, it was like kind of a whole meta thing, they were at the kitchen table talking about voice actors, and Lisa Simpson is making the, you know, well, voice actors sometimes get the shaft ad because they can be replaced. And at that moment, Ned, Ned Flanders walks by the kitchen window mm-hmm. and says in the voice of obviously like a big black man, nobody will know the high diddly difference, you know, <laughs> which is so, I mean, yeah, those... Yeah, they, they they can pretty much just demand whatever they want at this point. So part of the raise is because instead of the standard 22 episodes for the season, they're only doing 20. So do the math. $500,000 times 20. And you'll find out how much you're making. Uh, Fox won't comment on this. The Simpsons premiered on the network in 1989. It has won 23 Emmy Awards since that time. Wow. All right. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. It's Andy. Hello. Is this Andy, the homeschool kid? Yes, it is. Hello, sir. How are you? How can I help you today? I just wanted to say something real quick about Hillary Clinton. She kind of reminds me of that eight-year-old kid who hates to lose Monopoly, so she keeps taking money from the bank in the hopes that her parents will give up out of frustration. <laughs> With a, look over there, and then just taking a $500 bill. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, well, all right. Uh, what are you, uh, what is it that, 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 like, as a homeschool kid that you are drawing from this year's election cycle? Is that being used to illustrate any point to you about our democratic process or in this uh, fading republic of ours? No, I'm fairly for a long for a while now. I've had a fairly good handle on politics and how it works. One of my first studies when I started homeschooling was on the Constitution. So nice. now, if I can ask this, and you're not obligated to answer, now if you were a voting man, if you were a voting Obama. age, where, where... <laughs> that was excellent. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Bye now. All right, that's Andy, the homeschool kid. Okay. Here's... We know if she's tried to get on uh, Steve Novak yet. What? Or is he trying to get Steve Novak yet? Get on him. Well, one would follow the other, I would imagine. Uh, I don't know. Should we ask him? Yeah. All right. Right here. Richie Bristol? Uh, Maybe that's what he's doing now. Hi, Richie Bristol. Hello. I'm turning off your computer. Oh, all right, sorry. Okay. I didn't know. I'm sorry, Richard. I didn't see you standing there. Uh huh. Uh, Steve Novak. Have we contacted Steve Novak? Who's that? Okay, so that's a no. Um, here, let me just uh, let me lift up my shirt, Richie. Okay, um, lift on Novak. So you might just put in Novak into a search engine. Uh-huh. Steve. Yeah. Steve. Novak, comma Steve. And uh, I imagine you'll find he was. Uh, yeah. So he was he was unavailable until yesterday. He was or in the busy. running toward becoming America's Next Top Model, and he, he was, was off. He was very. 
He was very busy, but I think we might be able to get him now. Oh, okay. So he may be singing to... with George Michael tonight. Yeah. He um... preferably in studio. Well, if that's okay with you, Rick, I don't know. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I'm forcing you. Sure, whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. So thank you. Okay. Uh, all right. Thank you. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do one more here, and then we'll take a break. The dog, friend of man. It happened today in Lake Oswego in the early morning hours around 1 a.m. Lake Oswego police responded to a report of a barking dog. The dog had been barked for about an hour. The responding police officer was confronted in the middle of the street by a very small but ferocious barking dachshund named Annie who would not allow the police car to pass. So the officer exits his patrol car, tries for quite some time unsuccessfully to capture the dog or otherwise quiet the disturbance. And he continues her ferocious barking, not allowing the officer to pass nor to leave. After some time, a faint call for help is heard by Sergeant Brent, and Annie's owner, Pamela Fleischer, was found in a nearby yard where she had fallen. Miss Fleischer did have some physical limitations. She hit her head and was unable to get back on her feet. Medical personnel were summoned and appropriate aid given. Miss Fleischer is now fine and thankful for Annie's efforts. Annie the dog barked incessantly. In Lake Oswego early this morning. Well, all right. There you go. Let's take a break here. We'll come back after this. Uh, in the next hour, we will have more from Tim Riley. Uh, we'll do the top five, and we'll have today's uh, high-concept topic as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Rick Emerson radio program. Rick, what's the deal with that bumper music where it sounds like a robot voice saying, My, what a cute little kitten? I'm not familiar with it. I've always wondered. Do we have a bumper music? Yeah, My, what a cute little kitten. You're bluffing. You don't know what he's saying. No, I swear. I I hear it. It's like the Rick Emerson show. My, what a cute little kitten? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it a piece of bumper music or is it like a liner? It's a liner. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Both those, though. Liner. Um... No, that's uh, Buzz. Uh, Buzz from KUFO puts together all our imaging. That's a, that's a that's a liner, um, as opposed to uh, yeah bumper music, which just played there. Uh, well, you and I keep talking about how we have to go through at some point and label all of our bumps into break, because if we're talking about meatloaf, it would be nice to be able to find a meatloaf song. If we're talking about if we're talking about Metallica, it'd be nice to find a Metallica song. But uh, we've never bothered to go through and can you label those now? Can you label them in the system where you are right now? Um, let me see. We could label five a day. Okay. Okay? We could label five a day. If you bring them up in the AVRPS, which I think is on that AV pot number one, and then if you hit F8, you can label uh, each track, I think, if memory if memory serves here. Uh, why, hello, it's 503-733-2970. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We're now waiting to load a couple bumps so that we can label them. One by one, and soon, because there's only 250 of them, within okay, just one short month. The cart. Let me see. If you hit, okay, now hit hit load, okay, and hit expand. There they are. There you go. So we could do this. We could start doing this one at a time. So now you bring up. Okay, this is Carol by the Groovy Ghoulies. Okay. You should let it play for a second more, just so people can know what we're talking about. Can you relabel it while it's playing? So right here, we'll do five a day. That's an exciting new bit. I love this song. Okay, that's Carol uh, by the Groovy Ghoulies. If you hit F8, you can then label that. 
Uh, you can put like title or whatever the hell that uh, I forget what the field is. Uh, that is from their uh, EP "Buried Alive," Barry B E R R Y, uh, in which the Groovy Ghoulies, who are sort of they're a Lookout Records punk band, uh, they just do nothing but Chuck Berry covers and kind of obscure Chuck Berry songs in some ways. All right, it's in. All right, that's one. Let's do the next one. Ah, I love this song. This is one. Can I? Let me tell you, this is one of our one of my favorite bumps here. Listen to how heavy this guitar is right here. Oh, wait. One more line. This guy's 52 years old. Listen to how heavy this is right here. This Got that great ride symbol. Uh, that is Fight. Uh, the band is Fight. That's the band that Rob Halper put together after he left Judas Priest. Fight. Hey, give me one or the other because you're, you're mixing up because you gave me the title. Well, how would you prefer to do it? By artist or by, by, by title? Why don't you do the, the title and then the artist? Uh, that is Little Crazy by Fight. Fight. Yeah. So Rob Halper did Fight and then he broke that up and started a band called Two and then I think he rejoined Judas Priest. All right. I'll right. pick another random Okay, one. we'll do three more. Of course, the Beastie Boys. Oh, I'm sorry. We're doing track first. I love... This is my favorite Beastie oh, Boys actually, song. Actually, this one's already labeled. Yeah, that's Rhyming and Stealing. That's the first thing the world ever heard from the Beastie Boys right there. It's the lead track of License to Ill. All right, here we go. Okay. Um... Ah. One Vision by Queen. We really do have the best music on earth. F everybody who's not us. All right. That is One Vision... By Queen, uh, from I believe the Kind of Magic album, and then also from the soundtrack to the movie Iron Eagle with Jason Gedrick and Luke Gossett Jr. All right. You're coming up on Jimmy's face. Uh, Jimmy's face. <laughs> Devil's face. That's where Jimmy Branson bought it. Ah. Uh, Jim Steinman. Out of the frying pan and into the fire. I love this. How great is this album? How can you not like Jim Steinman? Yeah, she's not talking to me. Yeah, she's talking to you, anonymous listener who doesn't like Jim Steinman. You know, the thing about it is, Jim Steinman's not a very good singer technically, but I prefer his versions of these songs to Meatloaf's. Oh, I love his voice. I was able to impress Chris Paddock with my knowledge of Jim Steinman and the fact that I own this. Ah, excellent. All right. Do I have to label it now? <laughs> yeah. So that's Jim Steinman out of the frying pan into the fire. And then we'll do one more here. And then we'll uh, do uh, High Concept Wednesday. Then we'll break. We'll come back with Tim. Top five. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. All right. One more here. What could it possibly be? Ah. This is... um. Not cover. This is not Halifax. This is um. This isn't, no. No, this isn't Halifax. This is um. Uh, oh God. Your love. It's not Mainline. Halifax is the group that does the straight up cover. Halif uh, your love. Oh Jesus! Now I have to Google it. It's off a compilation album called Punk Goes Eighties. Your love. Oh, Midtown. That's right, Midtown. All right, there we go. 
I like this. We'll do five of these a day, and eventually they'll all be labeled. Then that problem What's will be solved. What's the proper name of that song? Uh, Your Love. Your Love? Yeah, so Midtown, Your Love. Uh, from the album Punkos 80s. And from that, that we also have, that's where we got that Reliant K cover of Manic Monday and Halifax straight up. So, excellent. All right, fantastic. Awesome. And I think you just have to save that list, and then we're done. Sure did. Excellent. Fantastic. All right, uh, it's 503-733-2970. Shall we do that high-concept topic? Let's do it. This would be perfect. Hey, Richie Bristol, we're going to uh, clear out the phones here, so I apologize to anybody who's on hold. Uh, we're going to uh, clear out the phones here, and we're going to do high-concept Wednesday here in just a moment. We should do something other than, than Dexter for this. Uh, let's see. Or maybe not. Let me see if I have that. I don't even know if I have it. Oh, here I go. I have the Dexter thing. Well, All right. Find something else if you want. Well, it's up to you. Let's see. I have the Dexter main title. Here we go. All right. So we're going to do High Concept Wednesday. Here is your High Concept topic for today. It's 503-733-2970. Um, we are talking about the bumper sticker you most hate. Uh, this could be in Portland. It could be elsewhere. We have listeners from around the world. Uh, so primarily in Portland, but it could be anywhere. Uh, high concept topic. What bumper sticker do you hate the most? 503-733-2970. Please remember to keep it clean for the radio. 503-733-2970. What bumper sticker do you hate the most? Sarah Dillon, would you like to uh, restate your hatred of... Which uh, I hate so many of them. Well, you had mentioned the Keep Portland, keep Portland weird. weird. I don't want to. I don't want to steal it because I know that I hate a lot of the same ones that many people do. You were pointing out that the person who drive or who has a car that you know with the Keep Portland weird, that person is never weird. Nope, never. It's always somebody in a Cadillac or in some like an SUV or in an upscale vehicle coming to your neighborhood to look at your house so they can like raise the rates. But I do appreciate uh, Bridgeport Brewing's um, like new advertising because they have their Keep Portland Keep beard. Portland beard. The other thing about that Keep Portland Weird sticker, much as I do sort of appreciate the weirdness of Portland, is that a couple people have pointed out that that sticker, of course, is not even original. That's from Austin, because Keep Austin Weird, that's where that bumper sticker originated, was in Austin, Texas. Uh, so the Keep Austin Weird sticker was just sort of pirated and hijacked by the folks up here. Uh, so that, that, is, that is worth noting. All right, it's 503-733-2970. The high-concept question is, what bumper sticker do you hate the most? Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Attack a rack? No! <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Or how about that? Oh, say, sorry, no. I'm not going to steal people's thunder. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. What bumper sticker do you hate the most? The goddess is alive and magic is afoot. Oh, I man. Heard I, I heard he was only 10 inches. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well done, sir. Thank you. Fantastic. Hold on. I know that we're doing this, but i got to stop for one second and refill my coffee. Fantastic. Here's the thing about that, too. Can we also agree on this? That if you are, and this is always people who either, A, have a lot of, like, really, like, bleeding heart liberal bumper stickers, or people who have bumper stickers that are sort of magical or Wiccan in some way, can you try to hold it to oh. at least, like, just, like, five Maybe hold it to five bumper stickers. Because they can't. It, they can't. It's a physical impossibility. But it is always it is always the people who have like a pentacle or something, or like some weird witch pagan, you know, pantheist crystal gazing crap on the back of the car, like the the goddess is alive. What does that even mean, the goddess is alive? Is that bumper sticker a response to some sort of claim that the goddess had been gang raped and dumped in a ditch somewhere? <laughs> oh, I mean, seriously. Who was it that was claiming the goddess wasn't alive? Get bent. Talking about bumper stickers you hate the most. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, how you doing? What's up? The goddess uh, is in my basement. Yes? Not all who wander are lost. 
Grateful oh, Dead stickers. God. I hate that. And thing. I hate the font that that's in, too. Oh, it just annoys me to know it. And everyone has one, and they're all driving, like, Subaru, like, uh, legacies from the mid-90s and no hubcaps. And so, uh, Subaru, and of course, it's always that's always on the same car that does have the little dancing bears and multicolors. Oh god! And there's like 900 other bumper stickers. And there's and, always a know, doggy gate in the back of it too. Uh, exactly. Yeah. All right. Not all who wander are lost. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Uh, higher on the Rick Emerson show. What is your most hated bumper sticker? Uh, I have so many, but I have to go with some goddamn fear things. What am I supposed to fear? Fear this? Fear those fear things? That is a good question. Exactly what is it that you're supposed to be? The nature of the fear-inducing item is never adequately explicated. They don't really ever clarify what you're fearing, why you're fearing it, and if you don't fear it, what the consequences might be. I mean, and how are you supposed to demonstrate your fear of the guy with the fear of this bumper? Are you supposed to go by and sort of make eye contact with him just long enough for you to then avert your eye contact and stare down at the ground terrified? It could be. Doesn't make I mean, any sense at all now that you think no, about that, it. That's why I hate it. Doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. Excellent. Fear this. Get bent. Fear that. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rick. All right. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What is your most hated bumper sticker? Any bumper sticker dealing with uh, my child is an honor student in such and such a film school, elementary school, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I know. And it's and and the question for that is, well, I think George Carlin put it best. And George Carlin at one point suggested a bumper sticker that said something to the effect of, I am the proud parent of a child of sufficient self-esteem that we don't need to tout his minor scholastic achievements on the back of our car. <laughs> so. I think that's not too, not too shabby. I don't know why everyone needs some kind of advertisement for their, their little mini-me running around on the back of the rig. I just, I just, I do not understand on any level. I do have to say that I kind of appreciate the stickers that are a response to that one, like the, my kid sells drugs to your honor student. I did kind of laugh when I saw that one, so. I, I always get a check of those, but I totally agree. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks. All right, there you go. It's High Concept Wednesday. Uh, what is your most hated bumper sticker? Uh, let me see. American by birth and Southern by the grace of God. Uh, oh, yeah. The, there it does seem to be a particular brand of Southern bumper sticker, too. Those are the same people that have the don't mess with Texas bumper sticker. Yeah. And yet they're, and they're always living here. That's exactly. my thing. Like, don't mess with Texas. You're, it's, uh, the person who lives in Oregon... And it has the Don't Mess With Texas bumper sticker. That's always the same person that is wearing a bunch of Harley clothes, but are in, but they're in a car. I just want to ram my car into theirs. <laughs> I swear to God, man. Excellent. Well, some, uh, I mean, someday when you're, <laughs> when you're having a particularly bad day and you do it, we'll alibi for you. Okay, thanks. Thank you. What is your name, sir? Israel. All right, Israel, you call us anytime. Thank you for listening, my friend. All right. The best part there was that little, ah! He gave <laughs> you can the hear end. the frustration. You know a sound effect that I just found the other day? I don't even know where this came from. Is this one right here. Um, I don't have to restart the title, but... I don't even know where that came from. What is that saying? I think it's a guy saying, ow, God. I don't know why we have that sound. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's High Contact Wednesday. What is your most hated bumper sticker? I have a few that I hate. I hate the uh, horn-broken watch for finger. Yes. And the uh, these colors don't bleed. Oh. Really, these I, colors like, don't just, run. The, these colors know, yeah, don't anything. Don't, yeah, anything. I like. I really just want to pull over and punch them in the face. That's my thing. Is when you see the these colors don't run, bleed, quake, scare, shriek, sob, whatever. Don't you want to like ram the guy into a ditch? Go over to the window and really disprove that sticker. Yes, and but I do have two that I absolutely love. I saw one the other day that said, uh, "What if the hokey pokey is what it's all about?" Oh, that's pretty I've great. Seen that one too. Okay, I actually laughed out loud. And uh, then the other one that I really loved, 
<laughs> Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. We'll do a few more. It is High Concept Wednesday. What is your most hated bumper sticker? Uh, the coexist bumper sticker with all the UFO symbols on it. It's uh, like all the different religious. There's like a there's like a cross and there's like a moon and there's like a something or other. And there's, there's right. Like there's a, like a crop circle and a bunch of like a Pac-Man and you know all sorts of craziness. The thing about the coexist bumper sticker, there's so many that are sort of like that, and they all conjure up. I mean, it, either. I mean, they all speak of this massive self-delusion that somebody has, sort of operating under the assumption that everything is going wrong, but with this one piece of someone else's wit that I purchased at Presence of Mind for $5, I'm going to be able to turn the tide in all of humanity. Exactly. It's like, oh, well, that's what we were doing wrong. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn it, if only I'd thought of that. I now see the error of my ways. Exactly. Right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Right. By the way, Engineer Matt just came in and took away a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Everybody be careful not to send anything ablaze. One thing has begun. Um, hi, you're on the, we'll do three more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, high Concept Wednesday. What is your most hated bumper sticker? The number one is that Only God sticker that some church in Vancouver is shelling out. You know they're just making a whole lot of money off of it, and it just irritates me when I, I actually, see it. I don't I've think I've even seen it. it. It says Only God. Yeah, only God. That's a sentence fragment. That doesn't even mean anything. It, it, it's it lacking a verb. It doesn't mean anything. It, it's, it's only God. Um, number two is any George Bush sticker that I still friggin' see on a big SUV. Yeah. And one that's cool, uh, bragging on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right can, I, can I add in mine now? Yes, absolutely. Okay, my ultimate worst thing, and I actually had some people concur on this. Calvin peeing on anything. Absolutely. And even one-upping up, one that? Him praying. Yes. Him praying at the foot of a... Oh, God, and crying. Don't you get the idea, though, that any sort of bumper sticker that exists with a picture will eventually be morphed to have Calvin engaging in that behavior? Oh, my God. Yeah, especially when it has, like, another car symbol on it, and this guy's driving, like, a big four. He's like, ah, pee on your Mercedes. What, may, what makes that especially bad is, of course, that Bill Watterson never merchandised Calvin at all. I mean, he hates that stuff. He, more than anybody on Earth, hates it because he never licensed the Calvin figure for anything. I feel so bad. I know Calvin's a fictitious character. He doesn't really exist. But I always feel bad for Calvin that he's been hijacked by a-holes with small brains. Like, just idiots. Yeah, exactly. Two more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What is your most hated bumper sticker? Hey, Rick, on the same line, it's the stupid Jesus fish swallowing the Darwin, Darwin footed fish at the end saying, truth. <laughs> and at this point, no matter what side of the equation you're on, you know, whether you're uh, with creationism, whether you're with evolutionism, whether you're, I mean, it's just whether you're, you know, one of the, no, 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 I'm a flying spaghetti monster, what, let it go. Let it go. Let's just all uh, agree to quit putting anything, eating anything else on the back of your car. And by the way, uh, Sarah, right now I currently own you. Okay. Thanks, now. Bye. Uh, final call. Uh, what is your most hated bumper sticker? Oh, there's two. One being I still see the damn Yes on 9 OCA oh. bumper sticker. Is that, that the... From like 1992? Is the Yes on 9, the, the, is that one of the gay marriage ones? Yeah, that was yeah. No, but long before gay marriage. That was gay right. Okay. And, you know, Ron Maybon and his OCA. Uh, you know, it's only been a decade and a half. Get it off the damn car. <laughs> All right. And, and uh, the other one, I was just going to concur with Calvin. That was that was my go-to. Calvin peeing on anything. But have you seen the praying ones too? 
Have you seen uh, those where he's yeah. praying, where instead of he's like he's crying at the foot of the of the cross? Oh man, oh man! All right. And, and Rick, hey, by yeah. the way, isn't the not not all who wander are lost? Isn't that actually a Tolkien quote? I don't know. I was assumed it was. I assumed it's it was. The, they sell it at all the head shops, but I think it's actually a Tolkien quote. And if so, I don't know that we should be geek-hating in Portland. Well, I mean, I don't know that it's a Tolkien. I'm actually, I, you know, I've, having read all the books when I was a kid, I'm, I'm not like a Tolkien authority. So I don't know, but I will say that there does, there is always a big crossover between Grateful Dead folks. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. Anybody with a Grateful Dead sticker has a poster. They have a map of Middle Earth and a copy of the Cimmerillion somewhere in their house. I mean, we all know that that's true. So, but not all, but not all Tolkien fans listen to no, the No, it doesn't go the other way, though. You're right. It absolutely doesn't necessarily flow the other way. Those are, though, the same people that have the bumper sticker that says, Do not meddle in the affairs of dragons, for you are crunchy and good with ketchup. All right. Thank you. Bye now. Oh, God. Jesus. You're so awful. I'm just saying. We all know that it's true. Alright. Sorry I haven't been to church lately. I've been practicing witchcraft and becoming a lesbian. Tree hugging dirt worshiper. Oh L O L O L O L O L. Those are the Never mind, now I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Alright, let's take a break. Back after this Tim Riley around the corner. Uh that was another installment of High Concept Wednesday. Tim Riley returns after this top five like is at three. Michael Mara show at seven. Stay there, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> Open mic night at the Chuckle Hut. Oh, boy. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. It's 503-733-2970. Oh, that guy was talking about... I don't understand this thing on MySpace where people are like, I bought you for $800. That's, yeah, I don't get it. That's I, what he was talking about. I just delete about. all those, I think they're all spam. Well, I just, I set my thing so you can't do it anymore. Oh, you can do that? Well, because you have to. I think that there was like, a, there's a, isn't there a thing you can do where you have to? Thing that I just, I, it's it's, just I don't so, get it. I don't, I don't get it, and I don't, don't want to take the time it. to know. Tim, do you see what you're, uh, you're, you're missing by not having him a space page? I just don't have time for such foolishness. Well, no, I mean, you're a busy man. You've got to. It's true. News and elections. And you've got to go to Oklahoma Smith and the Empire of the Glass Ribcage tonight. I'll be there. Jesus, for the love of God. All right. At the Ministry of Truth, here's. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Portland's second annual Ride of Silence begins at 7 o'clock tonight. It's an event to honor bicyclists who've been hurt or injured on public roadway. It's an eight-mile route through the Rose City. It begins at Northwest Park Avenue and Everett. It ends at North Interstate and Greeley Avenue. And it's the Ride of Silence? Yes, I'm not talking. Last year, 150 participated. Motorists uh, should expect delays. And they probably won't like the bicyclists if they're uh, blocking traffic. Now, you know that we're pro-bicycle in the show, but this is going to be another thing like they did after that girl got hit by the crystal where they just start crossing against the light. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then wondering why. You know, Becca, I know I'm in no position uh, to talk about bicycling, but when we did uh, Becca, uh, who was our promotions person at KUFO, and Sarah Wagner and myself, we did that uh, hottest day of the year ride last year. And we were sort of biking along, and we would come up to a red light, and just all kinds of the bicyclists would just that we were riding with would just go right through it. 
And every time they do that, Becca would just, Becca, who is a serious bicyclist, would just say, that's why people hate bicyclists. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why they yeah. hate so if So if you're on the bike of silence or ride of nothing or whatever it's called tonight, just do everybody a favor and just obey the street signs and obey traffic regulations. And, uh, you know, and, and that'll go a long way towards, you know, not having people hate you. So, all right, here's Tim Riley. Residents in Longview are unhappy about a rash of racist and Nazi graffiti. Bright orange swastikers and white pride symbols are appearing on sidewalks, trees, outbuildings. Why, even the trek in that town. Kate White, who ironically is Caucasian, said the neighborhood has become a frequent target. The tree in front of her house has the symbol SWP. That is short for Supreme White Power. And then somebody put a swastika on the garage door. Uh, the graffiti is distressing in uh, Longview. Who knows if they're going to put an end to that. A uh, New Hampshire man apparently just doesn't get it. 48-year-old Paul Baldwin is being held on $10,000 bail after being arrested by Portsmouth Police for the 152nd time. Police have nabbed him for allegedly stealing a $1.99 can of beer. At his arraignment, Baldwin claimed he was returning to the store to pay for it. Uh, the judge called him, quote, a leech. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, all right. So uh, don't forget to reserve your uh, Portland Park and Recreation Department campsite in the woods. I mean, who doesn't want to get their head beat in by intoxicated people out there? All the major areas are operating except for the ones that are buried in the snow. So uh, get your uh, Portland campsite I and mean, the Oregon campsite while you can. All right. Are you, uh, uh, shall we transition to the top five? Yes. All right. Hold on. Before we do that, let me just, uh, it's, uh, it's a top five that we've never really gotten to. Can you, am I turned up over there? Uh, Richie, could you, you feel like you were rickrolled just then? (laughs) Yeah. Richie, can you join us in the studio, please? All right. We never really got to this top five, but I I feel bad. I I don't know how this happened. I feel, what? How has this been delayed for so long? Uh, Just because I suck. Uh, there's, there's really no better. There's no better explanation. I just I'm oh, lame and I haven't well, gotten to it. Uh, so all right. Uh, so without further ado, this is something we put off for a long time, but I feel like the time has come to just to, to, to <gasps> get this taken care of once and for all. Oh. Is this what I think it is? These are the top five songs to which five, Richie Bristol would be a stripper. Is everyone holding their breath? The best thing yeah. to do. Who's excited? I am. Oh, I am. All right. I thought that the stage just couldn't get me better. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the top five songs to which Richie Bristol would strip uh, were he to become a male exotic dancer. Richie, how long did it take you to put together this list, or is this a list you've been working on in your head for many, many years now, waiting for that magical day when someone would ask you to do it? Uh, I'm surprised you didn't ask me, have I stripped to these songs before? Richie, have you stripped to these songs before? Yes. <laughs> to all of them? Just about all of them, Wait. I think. All right. I'm too tired to ask why. Sarah, ask him how that happened. I don't want to. Tim? <laughs> uh, I don't need to know. <laughs> Richie, how did that happen? Well, one of them was at the Swingers Club. You danced? Yeah. Sweet Lord. He danced the night away. And I do... Was this pre-banana? When I go camping we around the danced, campfire. We danced, danced, danced. All right, we... So. Well, let's just stop Well, Richie's a, a dancer. I mean, we saw him at the bowling You danced at the swingers club out on the dance floor? Yeah, on the pole. Not like in a private room? No, on the pole. How many people watched? Uh, I got tipped, and there was like... You got tipped? Four girls. Did you go in the cage? One dude. Did you go in the harness? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple times. Oh, yeah. A couple Three times. Clothes? 
Yeah. You weren't clothes, were you? Whitey tighties are clothes. Did you? You didn't <laughs> dance nude. No, I don't get naked. No, you have to pay big. Really? Are you a never nude? Yeah. No. <gasps> are, are you a never nude? nude? Yeah. Really? Well. In Wait. How do you then? How in your intimate moments were you nude? Well, of course. Okay. Well, I'm just checking. I mean, who knows? No, I just say? unzip my pants. Can we just? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ugly too, but I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm especially glad that Tim is here to hear all of this. Uh, the expressions there are worth the whole prize of admission. All right. Uh, so you danced to one of these at the Swingers Club, or all of them? Uh, one of them. Which? which well, which? Oh, which, we which number? I think it was number two. All right. When have you? When have you danced to the others? Uh, well, I go camping a lot, and things get crazy and wild around the campfire at night, and sometimes in a camper, and one time in a tent. <laughs> All right. After the windy roast. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. You dance for people at the around the campfire when you're camping. Yeah. Okay. After, I did one at after hours too. The number. Uh, <sighs> okay. Number three. All right. These are the top five songs to which Richie Bristol apparently does like to strip. Uh, for other people. Was this for, I'm assuming, a mixed gender audience? Yeah. Were they they were all appreciative? Yeah, but I was doing it for the dudes because they felt uncomfortable. It was great. So you thought you'd loosen up the, the guys. You thought you'd... Uh, and shaking your cakes. Well, crawl across the floor to them and they kind of start running. and <laughs> I clear the room of all the guys and it's me and six girls. <laughs> Gotta respect that. Yes, fair enough, Richie. I uh, I admire a man. Who can, all right, let's just start. Here's <laughs> yes. the top five songs to which Richie Bristol would or does strip. Number five, "Eat the Rich" by Aerosmith. It says in parentheses on the poll. Yeah. So now, are these for different sections of the night, Richie? Yeah, this would be a pole dance, and it's "Eat the Rich." The I thought time. you were going to demonstrate what kind of dance. Please do don't it. dance. Well, this is please like don't demonstrate. Latin shaking. Do you want Richie to demonstrate? Yes. All right. But I can't see him over there. Yeah, well, you can move the microphone, honey. <laughs> I'd have to have hair on this. You push your hair around, you know? So this is like a head-banging sort of a dance. And right now you're going around the pole in a circle. Right, of course. Go on, right? What happens? Now you go up the pole. <laughs> now what kind of, I mean, do you have the body strength to sort of uh, get yourself way up the pole? I've practiced on a pole a couple times. Mm. I want to be able to go to the top and slide all the way down, upside down. Mm-hmm. But this one I did mostly because of the title. Well, okay. Counting down the top five songs to uh, to which Richie does apparently strip. Tim? Number four, Satisfaction. On the floor. Oh, I thought this And then just touch me till I can get my satisfaction. Is that the news box? Me, and then touch me. This is on the floor. Is this the Britney Spears satisfaction? Uh-oh. Benny and, uh... Is this a club version of the Stone song? This is on a commercial. Or is this like a whole different song? It's a whole different song. This is uh, on a commercial. I think uh-huh. a Jetta commercial. And it's also that... Really? That For old, a Jetta? That old bald dude that dances. He goes... Outside the bus... Okay, fair enough. Number three. <laughs> Just moving us right along. <laughs> Top five songs to which Richie Bristol would strip or does strip. Smack my bitch up. <laughs> are you the bitch in this scenario, Richie? Let's just be. Or are you the smacker? I'm the smacker. In You're your, not the smacker. I'm smacking with that in your that, face I think with that a one feather with silk ribbon in leather and, and a ribbon. Wait, what? <laughs> in your face with a feather in leather and a ribbon. 
With a feather in leather? I'd be in leather with a feather. And, and a flagon with a dragon. <laughs> Have I fallen into hell? <laughs> I don't know. I do your prodigy. <laughs> I can totally see this playing in hell, couldn't you? Yes, over and over again. with a pitchfork, pitchfork like a pitchfork. pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can see Oh, man. Tied into a chair. Does this ever get started? Does this song begin at some yeah, point? Yeah, a lot of foreplay in this one. What? Gets going right now. Uh-oh, in your face. <laughs> and then, are you tickling with the feather? Is that what you're doing? Slapping them on the side of the cheek and then taking the ribbon, wrapping it around their head. <laughs> Maybe around their neck a little bit. Cut off the circulation just a little bit. Wow! <laughs> really? Did you go there? Wow. This is like the choking game. <laughs> it's like the crying game of choking. <laughs> Wait, so when you dance for men or women, you try to go out of your way to cut off their circulation a little bit? Well, this one you'd have to be... Slightly intimate with the person, obviously. Of, of course. Of course. If you don't know them, they'd be kind of like freaking out that you're yeah. choking them, I guess. <laughs> so what? Was, so, yeah. so was the Boston Strangler. <laughs> I don't even really know how you would dance to this song. It's not like I'm a dancing type. Do it, but I mean, oh, you want to do it for Rick? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, I, I just, it seems a little too hectic. Do you need to something dance. to pretend to be the feather? Yeah. Please, oh, you know what? please don't choke me with anything. <laughs> Why do we have a feathered riding crop? The body Don't hit me with the riding crop. Oh, that gives away. And you have a ribbon back there. You can... <laughs> Rich, we're going to be like, get away. Please explain. Richie is dancing now with and a feather. waving a feather at me. Do it, Richie. See, I'd be slapping you with the feather. Uh, but you'd be sitting well, in a chair really tied up, and I'd be in your lap. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Oh, I... I... That's wow. the sound of smack my bitch up. <laughs> These are the top five songs to which Richie Bristol likes to strip. Number two. I'm too sexy. This is obvious. For my love. Of course. Yes, of course. For my this love, is all love. over or in the cage. Or on the catwalk. Or on the catwalk. This is one, remember I suggested for yesterday's, like yeah. the douchebaggy uh, karaoke game. No offense. Oh, I wouldn't be singing it. No, I know. No, he'd be living it. I'm fine. Would you like like make a, like a makeshift catwalk and walk up and down? Oh it? yeah, I'd shake my. And would you would you like be like tossing off things to go back and forth? I'd be singing it. I guess I would have to worry. You would you be? Feather, by the way, I'd be taking my shirt off right now. Because I'm too sexy for it. <laughs> of course, you gotta live the song. <laughs> York and Japan. Was there a catwalk uh, at uh, the Swingers Club, Richie? Uh, no, I don't think so. So w- now. You should be in the cage. Oh, of course. That way they can't get away. <laughs> wow. Stay here. <laughs> Jesus. I'd be doing my turn right now. Uh-huh. Get that therapist back in here. They'd be in a cage so they couldn't be... run away. <laughs> Tied up. Yeah. Silk ribbons. Uh-huh. Well, that makes it sound really romantic when you have a silk factor in it. Imprisonment never seemed so sexy. When you were at the Swingers Club, did you invite people? Did you like, hey, I'm going to go dance, come on, check this out? Or did you just kind of go up and dance for whoever was there? I kind of took one of the girls in there and started dancing. I seen those, I got a crowd. All right. Because they're all standing outside the watching. Did a lot of people dance there, or were you one of the few? I was one of the few. I took all the attention. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do dissolve tension, Richie. These are the top five songs to which, even when we think we're not going to learn additional things about you, Richie, it always does seem to happen. These are the top five songs to which Richie Bristol likes to strip. Number one, Kiss and Prince. 
Yeah, this one's good. Do it, Richie, do it. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, running for the door. <laughs> oh, wow. You can't chase Tim Riley with the feather thing. You can't chase Tim with a feather. Do you want to keep that, Richie? Yeah, you can have that, Richie. Really? You can have that as a memento of your time here. I will use it this weekend. Uh Uh-huh. So what kind of dance do you do to this song, Richie? Oh, this is slow and you use your hips a lot. What's the attire for this one? Oh, uh, sexy. (laughs) Why? Did you see him just push his tongue out and bite his tongue a little bit? (laughs) Like kind of a... But there's another Prince song that would be just because that one of the Prince songs. What? There's another Prince song that would work. Can you say the title on the air? I don't know. It's a pretty great song, though. I mean, I don't dance, obviously, and would never attempt to do so. But I can see this being, this seems like a song that if you have any dancing ability, this seems like a great go-to song. Hey, so we're going to talk about our special guest maybe on Friday? And then would you do the kiss? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Richie, on Friday. Is that for sure? What, Friday? Yeah. He's trying to get back before 3. So we're trying to uh, talk to Steve Novick on Friday. Right. No, actually, in studio. In studio. Oh, oh excellent. that'd be so exciting. I can't wait. And we're working on uh, Great White for tomorrow in studio as well. So, right. excellent. All right. Thank you, Richie Bristol. You're a good person. You can, okay. You can take that feather with you, Richie. All right. There might be some other things up here that you might want to take with you. Yeah. Do explore. The thing up there for relieving anal tension. Okay. Back after this, kids. It's the Rick Emerson. Wow. Radio program. Part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson show, and so forth. All right, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take a uh, we'll take random phone calls here till the end of the program. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Let me see if I can find our uh, our random call music. One of the songs that, unfortunately, Emerson Starship didn't get a chance to be, because their set got uh, cut short, regrettably, because things just ran, for whatever reason, things just ran so <laughs> much long. <clears throat> the party ran long, uh, and so we were, the Emerson Starship had to cut their set short, but they actually had put together, sadly, a very beautiful version of that song. Mm-hmm. We just played these since I don't have you. So at some point, they'll have to uh, unleash that for the people. We will do now random phone calls till the end of the program. It's 503 Seven Thread. How great was their version of this song for your oh, road entrance? So, you know, I was like, um, I, I couldn't hear anything at that point because I was so freaked out. It's a blur. I think my ears just stopped working. A blur I, of noise and fear. And Aaron kept freaking me out when I was walking. He's like, you're going to trip on the shoes. You're going to trip. Better really? Trip on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was mean. Class house. All right. Let's uh, take random phone calls till the end of the program. It's 503-733-2970. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Hello? Hello, sir. Hi, how are you? Um, yeah, I, I'm, you know, besides living in my car, I wanted to call and say it was uh, the best show ever, but it completely turned to the gayest show ever. Well, those things aren't mutually exclusive, sir. True. Oh, it, it killed me. One can be great and gay all at once. 
Well, I just did eat not Sam mean Adams. The happy style. I'm sorry. I did not mean the happy style. That was that was disturbing. Your top five. Oh yeah, Richie. Uh, well. Okay. That really has nothing to do with gay or straight. That's just Richie. He's sort of disturbing regardless of one's orientation, oh, I would say. Sam Adam talk, and then it, you know. You mean our election it, talk? You mean our election talk? Um, yes. Is this perhaps stirring some sort of, un, you know, some uh, some unacknowledged feeling within yourself, sir? In your loins, perhaps? <laughs> no, sir. Maybe this is hitting a little too close to home for some of us, and by some of us I mean you, and by this I mean your gayness. Oh, oh well. Well, thank you. I am uh, recently divorced, so I... Really? I wonder if that's a manifestation of something that you're not quite ready to embrace. Oh, sorry. Oh, man, you're, you're a jerk. All right. Well, thank you. But I love your show. Well, man. thank you for listening, my friend. You call us anytime. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm just trying to help, you know, trying to help him maybe see what might lurk within. You were totally right. Anyone who picks up the phone and calls us say it's the gayest show ever and then <laughs> actively denies not being so. Yeah, but I don't even really know. I go to the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. Hi, sir. Hello. Hello. Hey, I missed the high concept while I was out working, but the best bumper sticker I've ever seen, and I hate all bumper stickers because they're stupid, except this one that saved the gay whales for Jesus. I like that guy. Excellent. There was one earlier that said, there was, thank you, sir. Somebody said, I mentioned this to you during the break. Somebody said they saw one on the southeast that said, give me mental health treatment or I'll kill you. I like the one that says, uh, bet you'll vote next time, hippie. Yeah. Uh, Republicans for Voldemort. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. What's up? Hello. That's a great sticker. Um, hey. Hello. Hi. Yes. I just wanted to thank Sarah for the Family Guy intro. It's genius. That's like one of my favorite moments. That's all her. Me too. I believe that was the first show when they were revived after being uh, shut down. Or yeah, she, she brought that in yesterday, and we did the election one uh, yesterday. But that was, uh, yeah, that was all Sarah who found that one. So thanks. Thank awesome. you, sir. All right, final call of the day. Don't suck. You are on the Rick Emerson program, wrapping it up. Go. Is this me? Yes. Yes. Hey, bumper sticker, really quickly. What about those little stick figure families? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, those bug me, too. They can figure out how many bodies are in the vehicle once they uh, encase a rapture. <laughs> wow. All right, thank you. Bye. Yeah, later. Fantastic. We'll just end on that note. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom. It's Tim Riley on the phones, Richard Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave's in, the webmistress is bridge from upstairs. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Lisa Desjardins and everybody, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Like it.